There you go. Shit. I gotta go. What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 168. I'm your host, Anthony Trapani. As always, I got Casey and Joseph with me tonight. Joel uh, couldn't make it tonight, but we'll uh, see him next week. And uh, a big one for you guys. We got the full defeated Sanity lineup with us to hang out with us on this Thursday night. What up, dudes? What up? Going? We got Lilla, Vaughn, Jacob, and Josh with us tonight, dude. And uh, I've been very excited about this one. Um, we were just talking pre-pod about how the last, it was 150, no, how many, now I'm, not, now I'm trying to do math right now. Episode 11, that is how long ago it has really? been. Really? Damn. face with these guys. Vaughn's Wait, been on what? the show actually more than all of you other guys dude he's made it, this is his third appearance now dude he's a regular hell yeah. yeah wait which episode do we have today 200 you were we're at 168 right now you're at uh episode 11 so this oh, is wow. that, and we do it every week dude so that's basically three years ago dude mm -hmm. wild mm -hmm. right yeah great to and be back thanks yeah for thanks for having us again definitely um, yeah. we've, we've stayed in touch, you know, periodically through the socials and stuff like that. I, you guys are my bros, dude. Um, uh, I love that you're back on to, uh, I mean, it's, it's a relevant time for you guys to be back on and, uh, talk about what you've been up to since the last time you've been on, uh, three years. And now we're at another album. That's crazy. Well, actually, you know, when did, when did, uh, the last one come out? Was it 2020 or 2021? July, 2020. Yeah, dude. So yeah. it's 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 so you, you got a whole, you know, chunk of this band that you guys put this whole new album that I I literally have been thinking about almost every day because I'm seeing it, I'm seeing you guys, you know, in the studio and stuff, and I'm like, oh shit, dude, it's coming, it's coming. I really, really, yeah. really, really, really need to hear this, you know. So we were cooking for sure, cooking it up. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, guys. We love to build the anticipation. <laughs> yep. Right on, yeah. dude. Well, Coming out uh, guns blazing with this. Yeah, and you guys are all in totally different parts of the world right now. It's like the in Sucks. international, Sucks. true international episode for this show. I mean, Jacob, yeah. are you still in LA? I'm in your time zone. Yeah, I'm in LA. Okay. And yeah. uh, Vaughn, you're New York, right? East Coast? You know it, baby. Josh, where are you at again? I'm a little north of Seattle. Oh, okay so you're basically yeah you're on our time too west coast you know yeah what up pacific gang and then lola coming through hard with the 6 a.m call time for the wake show, up call dude. yeah <laughs> coming at you from three different time zones yeah dude and that's what's up dude i love that Lil we're able was that Lilla's coming in lilith's coming in from the future actually I know. Oh yeah, yeah. How is it? Battle axe. 
<laughs> I know it's crazy to think it's tomorrow for you, dude. It's the twenty third for you. It's it's just just so crazy to me to think like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us, tell us what's the like, where's the stock market at? Dude, I, yeah, exactly, dude. I need that back to the Who's future. Who's won the game right now, dude? Give me them, right? Give me them, those uh, stats, those sports sports stats for Joel to make his bets. Time is just a construct. It was that easy. You're right, dude. Time, is Time just, isn't real. It's the only way we uh, can organize this shit. <laughs> Yeah. I, I wonder how much chaos would really happen if we just lost time, dude. Think about yeah. We'd be back, back in the Stone Age, probably. If we, if we woke up tomorrow and we were all, our memories were erased of time itself, how would that work? It'd be kind of liberating because you wouldn't have to worry about age. You know what I mean? It's true. Know, but it's like, think about it. Like, if, time, if you didn't have time, you wouldn't know how to get to work. How are you going to get your money? How are you going to pay your mortgage? How are you going to get your groceries? It's like, how, when how would you even store open? <laughs> how would you even be able to play music? Because then would time signatures go away? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> We'd only be guided by the by the sun and the moon, of course. So time signatures would have to be a fraction of the, of the t sun over the horizon, you know? So you know what? Doom way. metal, doom metal would be fine because then they could yeah. just play one note during the day and one note at night, and Perfect. all is good. All is good in the world, you know. Most now I'm yeah. now I'm thinking about my now I'm thinking about my students that don't fucking uh, like the ones that start like they don't even differentiate like um, quarter notes from half notes, so they're like. They're playing like I I don't know like jingle bells jingle bells jingle all the way and I was like, <laughs> it's like it's like that's not music. Well, that's yeah. why you're, you're the like, teacher. Yeah, <laughs> it's, if you don't have if you don't differentiate um, tone lengths, then it's not really music. You know, I mean. Imagine like a genre where it goes like that's crazy, right? I know. Kind of exists. Genre like that, whoever fucking invents that shit is. That's like your opinion, man. Yeah. See, you could play that without any sense of time whatsoever. So if we were somehow back in a stone age, we could be certain that you know, fast grinding snare drums would still exist. So you just made me make the crazy thought of, of of back then it was just the sun up sun down right and what's the rhythmic uh continuation like what, what would be like the uh thing that would uh be the invention of counting because accounting is a rhythmic thing right what would be the thing that made us start to um divide the time between the sun up sun down like the like division the division audible? would be that just well no i'm not just saying audible if you really go back to counting in general the the thought right. of counting right. the thought counting, of, i mean usually you know they're called digits because you know like you use your fingers to to count so i guess before there were even words for like one, two, three, four, they probably were just like doing that. Hold on, don't you count like this? <laughs> right, I guess depends the where I'm, in the I'm, world. Depends I'm where. I'm explaining <laughs> it like a dude who just hit a joint 
right before we went live, you know, but I'm yeah. trying to. <laughs> We're back in the stoned uh, age now. Yeah, exactly. Back in the stoned <laughs> age. And I began stoned age. And how did we come up with defining, dividing the time in between sunup, sundown? Because that was the only two indicators of time differentiation in the basic human brain back when we were just hunter gatherers. You know, it's like, what well, was it? Guess... Maybe it was the rhythmic <laughs> beat just... of a hand clapping or beating a drum. Right, right. Maybe music could be. We're just going to do speculative speculative <laughs> anthropology all episode. This is like, all we're doing. Like, like birds, you know what I mean? Or like or sounds that are pre-existing in nature, right? Like you wouldn't, it wouldn't be you clapping. You would like be responding to something happening externally. You know what I mean? Like that is very. Yeah, I, think, I think I'm in the wrong chat room here, guys. <laughs> like, like, and then you're like, oh, okay, like that's that's a good point. Analyze. I bet you that would be the first music we heard was birds communicating or something. Well, it's the like first that. thing you hear when you're, when you're in the womb. You know, you're hearing natural sounds from the outside world. So like you're interpreting rhythm subconsciously even before you come into the. Uh, yeah, dude. Until you, you know what I mean, like before you. I, I totally get it. Yeah, sure. I mean, you are a rhythm. You are like a heart beating. You're always. At That's a true. That's yeah. always the reference. Yeah. Yeah. In 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 standard deviations, right? Like like the way the pulse moves, it's like it actually mm -hmm. definitely would line up. So and the change embedded in you is correct time. It's like you just have to access it as a person. And the heart rate is your tempo and yeah. all that shit, yeah. dude. That stuff is. Ever God forbid, God forbid there's a rest though, because then you die. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about farts? That's considered music, right? Yep. Yeah. That's I an accent. That's the first like triplets, you know. <laughs> Life is just a stomata, dude. <laughs> Shit. Well, Dude, I right. had no idea we were going in this direction right in the beginning, but let's plug some shit. Right <laughs> I'm not high enough. I'm not high enough for this, guys. I'm not high at all. Drinking uh, coffee, no. goddammit. I'm yeah. definitely plenty stoned. Um, where, where do we start? Battleforgecoffee.com. Always getting our. I literally have a bag of coffee down there right now, dude, and I've been grinding that shit up. I got my. I wear my shirt maybe twice a month at least, if I'm going to be real. It's a very comfortable shirt, and I like to wear it in public to represent my homies and Deeds of Flesh. Um, they got a great company over there. Go over there and support the homies, dude. That's that's an to take what we they've been doing for how many years? Deeds of Flesh just playing death metal and be like, you know what? I'm gonna start a coffee company now and <laughs> to make a good product and all that shit too. I'm I'm very proud of my bros, dude. So battleforcecoffee.com is where you go um i gotta try that shit hell yeah dude we'll uh we'll uh hit up uh mike for you and uh see if you guys can get hooked up um hell yeah generator rehearsal studios.com oceanside california in parentheses for me because i always say where is it at <laughs> generator <laughs> rehearsal studios.com is where i, you're gonna I thought go. it helped you out a little bit thanks brother dude i love it um <laughs> go go uh jam out over there dude they got a nice facility for you to uh explore your creative side in the music fashion cali death podcast big cartel.com is where you're gonna get a t-shirt or two from us that's that's literally all we have at that website and uh joseph what do you got for us 
Yeah, I got some dates in March uh, to violently vomit in Houston, Texas, March 9th. Uh, oh, sorry. Mm. Out of order. Uh, next weekend, March 15th, we're in New Jersey. Uh, Vaughn. What's uh, up, dude? You cool. coming out, bro? Waking the cadaver. Yeah, I'll be there both days, my dude. Of course. Dude, fucking Always hell yeah. Been. Always hanging, you know. Yeah. See you there. Great. That's sick. sick. Yeah, it's gonna be sick. Very sick. And then um, with the last of Lucy, it was a nice flyer after those, right? To throw <laughs> up here. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> Cyborg octopus, huh? Sick. Weekend war spring. Yeah. Mm. Shout oh, out yeah. my cyborg octopus guys. Um, great dudes. <laughs> um, San Francisco, Reno, Nevada. Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington. Oh, the fun yes. house. You're going to have fun at the fun house. That's oh, oh, the fun house. The oh, fun that's house. a fun legend, Legendary no, show there. Fun. Legendary show, dude. Yeah, that was a little fun. That was fun. That was the fun house. Fun at the fun house, dude. All out war. Yeah. Let let the uh, let the storytelling commence. We want to hear what happened at the fun house. We want to hear the about fun the house. The new album. So, okay. That. What do you want to hear first? Well, Funhouse first. Okay, so the Funhouse, we played there on our last tour only, and it's next to the Corazon in Seattle, right? The Corazon is a venue that maybe some of you guys know, mm-hmm. and it has attached a little bar area that is its own venue, and we didn't know that, and it's the Funhouse. So we showed up, and we were expecting to play at the Corazon like we did the time before, and they were like, oh, no, it's actually at the Funhouse. And we're like, what's the Funhouse? Okay, oh, that little bar. Oh, shit. And um, I go in there and it's it's tiny, right? And it's like you only have a tiny bit before the stage, before there's barriers that separate the room from the ballroom because of the um, it was an all ages show. So they had to like put literal barriers to the bar area with like a guy checking IDs. And to the left, there was the um, the merch area. So there was really just this tiny pocket of front of stage area where people could really mosh and there were tables there and we like asked them hey guys can we like move the tables and like we can't move the tables like this is gonna be a shit show okay place was fucking packed i don't know how many people were there but it was like bursting at the scene and it was it was to a point where we were like you know people are gonna break bones here and shatter teeth and shit because they're just gonna fly over those heavy tables or those barriers into the bar or over each other and i don't know if any of that actually happened but it probably came close a few times so it was it was wild super violent you know what i mean yeah yeah and, and i'll tell you ungodly heat like i'll I tell you one thing oh yeah it was uh i felt like tom hanks and castaway like when he's on the raft in the storm like holding on to the merch table <laughs> yeah. when the pit was going people well, were slamming so- into the merch table <laughs> just trying to keep all the shit on the table, keep the table yeah, we're, we're holding onto the merch table. That's yeah. right. Crazy. Oh yeah. There's Crazy. waves of people are slamming into the merch table. Dude, that I mean that oh, kind of energy that kind of energy is what you want when you're on stage. Yeah. Right? I don't want people great, just thrashing. On stage is cool. Oh, yeah. On stage is cool. <laughs> yeah. At the yeah, merch table, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you don't want to be that guy, but you, up on stage to watch it happen, you're like, oh dude, I'm causing or not i'm causing but you know our art and our live performances uh, making these people become barbaric in a sense yeah. you know that was they... barbaric dude, oh, yeah. Barbaric, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah and it was like such a diverse cast of characters in the crowd like more i think than any other night of the tour 
You there was like that? a Jesus. There was a there Jesus was where it got like spun around and like a dude missing an arm. There were these guys, <laughs> yes. Navy guys. The like freak show. That, like, oh, the Navy guys. That's right. Navy yeah, the sailors. Legit Navy guys, sailors, yeah. like in sailor attire. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was. But like yeah, dude, the crowd was great, and I just remember it being one of those sets where like I don't even remember playing it because it was so damn hot. Yeah, you know, like, total. Oh yeah, war warrior shit, man. But I mean, yeah. it was a great show. <laughs> to- oh, total yeah, total dehydration induced tunnel vision the entire set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Oh man, I hope I I hope I remain conscious to get through this show. It yeah. is it is <laughs> a strange thing to get into that. I, we, it's oh shit, James <laughs> Moran remembers the spinning Jesus. <laughs> we were talking about yeah, the that flow. was doing uh stabbing mm-hmm. the flow state oh, yeah uh, yeah because I, I saw it from the merch table yeah mm-hmm. so anyway that's a fun house so yeah. it's, it's a fun fun little place that flow state that you get into on stage though where you kind of almost can't really be in the moment or you're so in the moment that you know are you going to be able to retain any memories from it you know like being on stage and just in this like yeah. state of like you're feeling mm. the whole room yeah oh yeah and everybody's yeah. kind of on the same we all caught this wave together and now it's it's something that will ride as long as it lasts you know waves yeah. the waves don't last forever but at least we get to experience those moments in those live settings either as the performer or the person in the audience to just catch that wave together and then we all kind of just look at each other and and just know that we're all feeling this similar thing at the same time dude yeah yeah and i don't think anybody actually got like hurt or anything so it's it wasn't the vibe in the end was still was still cool you know it it wasn't like like a dangerous vibe where it's where you're actually getting worried you know at least not for me on stage it was not that night it was yeah, people cool. had fun and stuff, and yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, I I remember reflecting on it with Lila, and we both agreed upon the stuff that we were able to catch, you know, on on YouTube, whatever. It's like, oh no, it's that actually pretty well. I think sometimes if you're playing under circumstances like that, it almost makes you play better because you're you're so disconnected from the actual act because you're just trying to survive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at least for me, I mean, you know, you try to nail it every night, but some nights you're kind of just like, "Fuck it, Venom," you know, like for real, like just fuck it, like <laughs> I get through the night. I remember Jake and I looking at each other, being like, "Dude, let's just, let's just steamroll this one so we can get to the bottle of water afterwards." You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you play better, I think, that way. Totally. Totally more, yeah. more barbaric, more like primal because you're it not is. just reacting. You know. It is. It's. That yeah, it was a good show. So yeah. I want to I want to take I want to hit the rewind button real quick. We're talking about current stuff, but it's been almost or around three years since you guys were on the show. Vaughn wasn't in the picture yet. He soon was after though, right? Not too long after that episode, I started hearing you guys. We uh we did. <clears throat> so that was 2020, right? Yeah. So so you joined at the end of. 2021 to 2022 oh two later okay yeah there was a little bit of time okay so well yeah first let's talk a little bit about what was happening with you guys after that episode 
um which i mean now i was like oh we should need to we we should get the episode that they were on which was 11 but now i don't know the date exactly we started in october so it had to have been december january it was, maybe it was january it was the first episode after the new year it was january okay 2021 oh, okay yeah it was like almost exactly three years and one month ago Crazy. so so not not much happened for another year <laughs> after that yeah. because 2021 we were still sort of on hiatus because of COVID it was still difficult to do anything mm-hmm. but then 2022 we started right off the bat pretty much in February or so with like a big tour well uh, let's was... talk a little bit about what you did in that year though even if it was dormant, oh. there had to have been some stuff well uh creative did we do that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's crazy what Practice, yeah. I just, I just practiced my ass off to, at, for for the sanguinary songs, you know, mm-hmm. just That's like right. just to play those I, first and foremost. I, I remember that like very clearly that like I, I was like these songs are so fucking hard. I have to play them every. I want to play them every day so I can just sit there and go like, when we're actually, when we're actually performing them, I wanna I want it to be as smooth as possible, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's all I remember for twenty one. I was just like, let's let's fucking yeah, you know, let's just practice the shit. It's a weird thing to have that album, yeah, come out in the pandemic, and then you can't yeah. really go out and support it at all with any live yeah. performances. Yeah. Yet yeah. it was such a monstrous record. I, I truly, I mean, I connect with every defeated record that comes out. Everyone has been a, a deep listen for me ever since the first one, you know? And, but this one still had something so much more to give, you know, compared yeah. to some other ones for me personally, just because. I, I just saw such a um, an advance again with, and it's so crazy to say, with a band like you guys that you constantly advance, but there was this like step up that I can't even really explain that happened with the last album that made it, made like the album of the year for me when it, you know, I could not stop. I have a, so, I'm so old school with the CD player in the truck, nice. and there's currently uh, chapters is in there right now in one of six slots but the last one was in there for i didn't take it out for a year dude wow. always, i, I always yeah. let that be Sick. an option for me when i was driving in the truck you know yeah. my, my 2004 no auxiliary plug-in no whatever i gotta have <laughs> yeah. CDs, you know? actual cd player that's great i want to hear it loud i missed that by the way Damn, time machine ears. yeah totally dude. yeah so jock i think yeah. Right. I was gonna ask Josh a question. During that time, were you Please. mixing in a bunch? Was that were you mixing at all? It, it was it was quite slow for me during COVID because a lot of my regular clients weren't really making records because they couldn't facilitate one getting people in the same room together. Yeah. Um and a lot of my clients at the time were bands that like played together and didn't do like the online collab sort of a thing where everybody records on their own and just sends it all into the bowl to get mixed up you know what right. I mean? um so yeah i was i wasn't doing too much work during covid so and it took honestly a while even after things started to get back to normal for things to kind of get back up to speed for me but uh 
thankfully I'm back into normalcy as far as work goes. So totally. cheers to that. No, I've been seeing you're very yeah. active, dude. Yeah. So that's cool. So like, it went, then you said 2022 is when things started to pick up for you guys again and get yeah. focused yeah, 2022 forward. Went from yeah. zero to a hundred really, right? Like 2020, yeah. 2021, those two years are like one year for me. Yeah. It's like, they don't, like I, I don't know what that, wasn't. Dude. Wait, are you what? telling me we can do shit in here? <laughs> Dude, oh, it's because are you on an iPhone right now? Is it like FaceTime? You can do that. I was gonna say, wait, I can't. What the hell? (laughs) I'm not gonna try that. Move your there, you go now. But wait, come into middle and throw the horns, dude, on both hands. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, (laughs) that's I know that one. I knew that one. (laughs) And then the double thumbs up will give you some something too. I always do it with my kids, that's why I know. There it is. Boom. Fireworks, dude. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that one. I didn't know that one. That's sick. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah the horns, nothing beats the horns. But this is this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> it is, dude. That's for the, <laughs> that's, that's, that's love for the game, that? dude. Love <laughs> for the game. And that was for complete accident, but that's that's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Uh, um so, so 2022. 2020. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, both both those years were like there was not all that much going on uh, in terms of band stuff. And my work is related to events as well. You know, I work events as a sound engineer. So there wasn't all that much going on there too. Uh, a little bit in 21, but not in 2020. But then 2022, right away, like went on tour. Well, first of all, had to rehearse that shit again, right? And then went on tour with uh, Scout Remains, Vitriol, and Spatter. And um, that was a, a four months of shows, right, to, to kick off the year, essentially. And um, first U.S. tour, first tour, first, yeah, first shows for us with Sanguinary. First shows in, in pretty much exactly two years because our, our 2020 tour got aborted in the middle of COVID. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was, it was crazy to play these songs that are, like, almost two years out. Not just two years old, but two years out, you know? and uh yeah. and and do do that tour but but it was sick and and 2022 had i mean you know other, other guys talked too but there were other tours going on in that year as well but um yeah that's that tour was particularly refreshing to me the skeletal remains tour um because it was just such a great thing to come back out of the hiatus and having all these doubts that we had like are people gonna show up are people still scared at home broke whatever you know are they gonna show up are they gonna have a good time are they gonna be all distant and weird are they gonna actually mosh and engage and um how is merch gonna be are people gonna still buy merch we had no idea like they're they're, you know you're kind of out of touch after that time so um it was kind of hard to gauge how much merch should we print like you know what can we expect so having all these doubts and uncertainties erased and being positively surprised you know through throughout it was it was a great relief and a great fucking tour i think that uh, <clears throat> uh the the missing the live shows made people double down on getting to a show as soon as they possibly could i remember how exciting mm-hmm. it was to go to anything like that after so long being away yeah. from it you know so i it I'm, was mutual yeah 
Yeah. You could tell. And one thing worth noting too, that I, I particularly noticed on that first tour back with uh, skeletal remains and uh, vitriol was I had a lot of people come up to the merch table and stuff either before or after the show with their kid or kids um, and being like, yeah, this is their first metal show. And at the, at, that happened multiple times on that tour. So it was like, whoa, like one, just that huge gap of no shows, I guess just a lot of kids came of age to start going to metal shows uh, at that point, you know? Um, mm -hmm. but it was just kind of, it was like, uh, it was kind of like a heartwarming thing to see um, mm -hmm. on so many occasions, you know, like little kids coming out to brutal death metal shows and like, you know, I, it, it makes you realize like, yeah, the, the scene's doing just fine, I guess, you know, that's a highlight yeah. no matter what, dude, I, I that's cool. ran into a couple of kids on tour back in the day and, and to see how excited they were and they're with their dad and front row and wanting a fist bump during the set and you're over you're just like this kid's <laughs> 10 years old and he's rocking out dude and after yeah. he came up to us and had to sign posters and i was mm -hmm. just feeling that 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 pure feeling that you get the you know during those early live shows that we went to you know yeah and, and i i really applaud that that dad and even you know, bringing them with ear protection in the beginning because we, we didn't must, yeah. we didn't play we didn't pay attention to ear protection, dude. I didn't plug my ears for quite some time, and I know I'm I'm feeling the effects of it now, coming up on forty. Um, so just seeing the a, a responsible dad out there taking their kid to experience something that you know he probably introduced them to you know and and they found a mutual connection and love with it and and they can go out and it, it's no different than going to see a sick movie you know it's, yeah it's just a, a a bonding experience so to see that happening there's multiple layers with it and yeah it makes you always feel good when when there's somebody like that at a show dude no doubt mm -hmm. totally yeah. yeah, and who knows? Maybe maybe the pandemic had to do with it, like what Josh was saying, that maybe there were more people bringing their kids because people were home with their kids for two years, which, you know, many people who were not working from home before started working from home and started being there for their kids. So maybe there was this kind of separation anxiety building that, you know, after two years at home with the kids, that the kids just went everywhere, and that includes the death metal show. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why there was a inc increased attendance. Uh, I, didn't, I totally understand that. You know, dude. I don't know what the connection is, but maybe that's maybe no, that could I, be a reason. It definitely, totally makes sense, dude. I'm I'm a dad, and I definitely felt the separation anxiety. You know, mm. so yeah. I, it makes total sense. And and even during the the pandemic, they they may have even found that bond that may that may not have been there because they had more time together and. They can bounce things off of each other and you realize there's no matter what as a metal dad when you introduce metal you you'll see them respond to something like my the first time my kid genuinely responded to metal was rhapsody the power metal oh, band shit. Rhapsody, dude. Yeah. and it was which, which, which album which album um the, the <laughs> one with the uh ah oh, now i can't remember the one with the dragon the sword of course yeah it's all yeah, yeah which yeah. is every album that's the one i do too it's the specific song though right it was the one with unholy war cry the one yeah 
narrated by the dude from Lord of the Rings. Christopher Lee, right? Yeah, oh, Christopher yeah. Lee. Hell yeah. yeah. And dude, That's right. That, that album is totally a movie uh, throughout the whole entire thing. And, and you, there's different valleys and stuff. I always found them highly entertaining, the, that band. Very oh, entertaining yeah. band. And just the yeah. epic, the epic, like, we're going into battlefield and, and you know I, yeah. even when it's, he was a ba- like young yeah. enough to where i'm carrying him i'm i'm making him fly during certain parts <laughs> like dragon and shit so he actually legit got that's like, amazing connection with that album and still after phase 12 he's like let's put on the battle music dude <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I love, it. Dude. I love it. <laughs> so I think you always find something in metal that your kids actually going to connect to, but that the whole thing of like dumping metal on somebody is never going to get them into it. But you know, somehow they found a connection. Long story short, they found a yeah. connection during the pandemic, and then they end up at a defeated sanity show. I mean, look at that's what happened. I mean, I'm going to take it back to the history of the band, you know, Wolfgang and Lilith's connection early, you know, it's all the same thing, dude. You were at cycle, man. Wolfgang was taking you out to shows at the earliest age that you were asking to go to shows and he was going to experience that with you and you guys were doing that same exact thing, bro. Yeah, I was going to say, it reminds me of my own fucking experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Which could you? What was the age you went to the, your first uh, metal show with your dad? Um, I I remember something like I I think it wasn't with my dad. It was actually my mom took us there. It was like me and my my friend. Like we were both like yeah, maybe like ten. It was uh, yeah. I remember 1992, I saw like it was all in the same club and it was uh, Crowbar and I Hate God. I think that was with my dad. And then um, Exhorter and Channel Zero. Wow. uh, Both at the same club and I was 10 years old. And I think that Exhorter show was, uh, yeah, with with my friend and like my mom took us there. uh, how yeah. did your mom? How did your mom uh, react to that type of music? Was she into it, or was she just standing there waiting for it to be over? Um, I think my mom is more like, um, let's say she's like ac- accepting, and um, but she's not hundred percent like into it. She's like not like she, she hasn't heard the new album, you know. For mm-hmm. like. If if my dad were still there, he was like, okay, okay, show me the new album, show me everything. Like, like can I have it? Yeah. Like, let me. And 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 she's like, okay, my son made a new album, you know. Or, um, mm-hmm. and back then it was like I, I, I had a lot of car rides with her, and I I I, I put on metal stuff, and and she, she had an open ear to it, and yeah. I know with her the funniest thing is I I remember uh, I remember I I put on like all this older metal stuff and maybe some of the the falsetto bands kind of snuck in and she was like she she doesn't like that at all you know mm-hmm. but then at <laughs> one point I don't know for some reason I I, I think I put in uh, actually put in a cranial impalement 
with the crazy Maddie fucking intro. intro. Yeah. And, then, and then she was like, that's insane because she's classically <laughs> trained vocalist too. Right. She's like, okay, this is very interesting that he can do that with his voice. And so she was like almost more into that than she was into, you know, melodic vocals and, and, and metal. Dude. But it makes sense mm -hmm. that she's seeing something that she, if she, you're saying she's classically trained, it's, it's she's been introduced to yeah. like so many different styles of singing, and then all of a sudden, Maddie Way is, yeah, yeah, and, and all of a sudden, there's this whole new realm that sh that was unknown previous to hearing that intro growl, dude. That's yeah. that growl does it all for us. That's literally what got me into getting down with guttural vocals and trying to find the the most toilet bowl fucking you yeah. know yeah yeah it, it kind of fills you in a you know warm and fuzzy way and i know <laughs> toilet bowls probably not the best yeah. way to explain <laughs> that i mean you eventually get to like that toilet bowl style too but <laughs> i know but i like, mean i like somebody's puking into the toilet bowl yeah, and I mean, when you think about it, who's really outdone Maddie's performance on Cranial Impalement? Up True, this point? dude. I That's mean, still kind of the most. Nobody, that is still like the that. most extreme. Uh, yeah, the most extreme example of brutal death metal vocals, I think, is Maddie Way on Cranial Impalement. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, that's still the crowning I think, I achievement. Think, I think there's a there's a a few just like the. The, the the type of extremity that I want like and there's the there's also this uh, sect of execration EP where he also yeah. does some mm -hmm. human mm -hmm. fucking stuff so yep. that that's comparable to me Wayne the Joe Wayne Wolf definitely mm -hmm. Joe uh, Wolf yeah. is comparable maybe uh, Angel on cephalotropy and Condemned also has the yeah. But yeah, outdone. Oh, yeah, of course, no, nobody's outdone him. Of course, I all these are so. all these are killer. But I'm just saying, like, because Maddie Way obviously came in, right, just fucking guns blazing with that performance <laughs> on Cranial Impalement, and it was yeah. just as good, if not better, than basically everything that came after it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's And I saw Discourage played on the Bloodletting One tour, and I was like 17. It was like one of my first metal shows, you know. And mm -hmm. all the, I mean, there was a bunch of bands, Mortal Decay, fucking Cephalic Carnage, all kinds. It was. Oh, so that tour. Was so sick. So sick. Yeah, it was the, the first bloodletting tour. But yeah, yeah, but the dude, like, but we were just like all about to scourge. Like, the first time night. I ever met Maddie, yeah. I just was like, yeah, dude, but, just, just do it in my ear. Yeah, dude, he, they did the whole, <laughs> it was the She Lay Gutted thing. They did the whole fucking intro, like on the stage perfectly. Yeah. It, it was <laughs> Hell like, yeah. Dude, it was. I mean, the scores was great all the time. Like they're always great. But like, dude, fuck, it was so sick. Like prime uh, time. That was a prime Maddie time. Way. That was the only time yeah. I saw him with Maddie Way. It was insane. So good. Lucky I you. Was, I never got to. See, yeah, I never. All the Discord versions I've seen have not have been after he's left, dude. But really? I mean, yeah. yeah. But those those uh, performances are always they're they're top of the list, dude. We love you, Maddie. I mean, I've seen I've Come seen them the with pod. Jamie. Yeah, dude. I know. I've seen I've them with yeah. Jamie. 
Yeah, and man. it was fuck the commerce. Mind blowing. Fuck the commerce is that was the first discourse I ever saw, and I was just like, oh yeah. How just sick was yeah. the thinner? I remember seeing cinerary footage of him on the stage with that yeah. shit too, and just murdering, dude. Mm. Well, yeah, the um, hell itself, man. Jamie's vocals are fucking. We're gonna get liturgy. We're gonna get Maddie's final recording, right? That's being worked on, Brendan. Yeah, I know. When he I made heard, that yeah. post, I kind of, mm-hmm. I kind of got choked up, dude. I was like, wait, he's planning to retire after this, dude. It's crazy. I don't oh, know really? How many? Shit, other- I hadn't heard about that. Well, it's, might pull yeah, a Kerry King. You never know. He made. Yeah, he, yeah that's in my, I was just. You're on the same. Join Cavalcade. Make a Slayer joke about it too. Um, but yeah, I guess in his last post, he had mentioned something about it being his last record. Yep. So hmm, shit. It kind of made me. It's a great. It's a great discography. Abominable putridity. Pathology. Oh yeah, it's a anything that amazing. Touches, uh, it's, it's a song, a songbook, right? The Matty Way songbook. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, definitely left his left his mark deep yep. on the on the on the you know, Cali scene first and foremost, but uh, on the entire oh, yeah. scene, obviously. I mean, yeah. it is Discourage and Deeds. Those are the two yeah. uh, beacons of high the watermark. Scene. Yeah, the high watermark of Cali. Death. Yeah, yeah, sure. Discourage and Deeds. Yeah, that's where it's at. I was I was texting Lilith the Godfathers and like yeah dude deeds of flesh man like live Still. yeah I oh, yeah. I wanted to watch that video and then I fell asleep oh, them playing banished and well, stuff. speaking Camel of which I uh, in like man I added your I was like driving like to to the market after work today and I was like going through my Apple Music and I was like oh shit fucking there's the the to cover you guys did of the deeds song mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah. Which hunting is, humans, yeah. Hunting humans, yeah. Yeah. Which one is that from again? Is that from the gradually melting? Trading pieces. Trading pieces. Trading pieces. Yeah. pieces. Okay. yeah. That's right. I couldn't remember. It was sick. <laughs> that, that was a sick tribute you guys did. We played yeah. it live once. I've... Oh yeah, yeah, once, oh, we, right? Yeah, we. Cool. Yeah, that's why we learned. We learned it to uh, to play it live. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even supposed to be on the album, and I mean technically it isn't. But it was recorded in the album recording session and it was like you know i remember we we like it was down and dirty it was like lilla literally figured out by ear the riffs and was in the studio showing me the riffs and i was like ah oh, okay hit record <laughs> you know like that like you know down and dirty but man i i really like how it turned out honestly and um yeah it's wrong yeah. actually really stoked we got to Pay tribute like that. Same. Right on. Yeah, it's cool. We yeah. we actually played with the idea of covering a deed song too. Remember when we're and then we never we're... did it, and, and they did it. And acid and troops are going to be our song. They're way cooler because they did it. Which one? <laughs> acid troops. You can still do it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're not going to do yeah. that. We're so lazy now. It's not going to happen. Now. We can barely get our own. <laughs> trying to get our own shit out, and we're... <laughs> yeah. Which we're working on behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. All right. Speaking uh, of which, you guys. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we were both taken at the same place. Yeah, so that we're at. Yeah. Let's uh let's hear about you guys just finished recording with uh Colin Marston and his studio in New York City. I've watched all the videos that you guys put out. It felt like I was there. Felt really, really <laughs> cozy and homey and great content and uh good job guys already. Already stoked. Awesome. So 
but yeah, tell us what it was, what it was, how it was out there. I mean, I, I, it was always a dream to just do like a full album with Colin because we get along so well and we really know each other so long. We, you know, think alike and he's just, I mean, he's a great dude, but he's also a great engineer who knows his shit and listens to what you want as well you know and it's not just kind of stubbornly following his rule book Mm -hmm. um so the last album as probably you guys know was mixed uh, by him uh, with us in in presence but you know in his studio um as well as the reamping was done there and and josh recorded there and but guitars drums bass all that stuff was recorded beforehand so um piecemeal stuff you know and now that we're a a a long distance band everything is always piecemeal and Mm -hmm. it's it's great that we're able to do that but it also was just so refreshing to go back to that experience we really had for the last time with passages i want to say where we were all just in the studio yeah with like one one stretch of time you know one one chunk of time and like lay it down from the start to the final master you know just just do it all right there and leave with a record in your hand and um yeah after the last album which again was a piecemeal and even um disposal and Dharmata was also very very scattered um very very scattered re- yeah. recorded recorded over like a year and a half or so because there were two separate productions with the Despoja Damata being completely its own entity. So, um, so yeah, anyway, first, first of all, I really, really dug the experience again to be in a studio with our good pal Colin, right. And just do it all in, in one, in one piece and, um, and work until we're happy and satisfied and everyone is happy and satisfied, but you know, it also, it also wasn't always easy <laughs> yeah but it was it was a great time and um yeah i mean what do you guys want to know about the process or uh well, what, what, I, did you, what transpired we, through the videos well first i just wanted to rewind again a little bit because uh, did we go over how vaughn how you found vaughn how you guys got in contact like how did that relationship start <laughs> well that also goes back to damata huh vaughn where you saw yeah, it's crazy because, yeah. like, I mean, I. Wait, you know, you, but hang on. Um, well, I wasn't there, so I'll let you. I'll let you uh, tell that story again. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean Lilith should probably because it was really me and Lilith kind of keeping in touch through the years. You know what I mean? Um, one thing I can say though is that, just to ring it into the album, it's like, right around the time that Lilith and I were really flirting with the notion of me auditioning giving my shot um at playing in the band there was already new music being cooked up that lily had on the on deck before we even started to deal with like live set material or anything so from the inception of me coming into the band we were already focusing on really making the album right lila like that was kind of first and foremost the material we were dealing with and it was kind of like well yeah you can navigate some of this this material that's going to be on the upcoming album then 
that, you know, is going to be promising enough to look at the older material and kind of take it from there. But, you know, I mean, I'll take, yeah, Lily, you should probably take this one, dude. And the reason why I asked that, I know we probably already went over it on your episode, Vaughn, but I'm just saying, asking that question real quick for the, like, you know, just the abridged version for the people who might be just tuning into this episode right yeah, now. No, no. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah that's why I was going. Was, uh, basically, um, we we were looking, you know, and um, it's very hard to find the perfect guy really for the band because the, the uh, material that Defeated is working with musically is just so diverse, you know, and it's also very extreme, really. It's like it it demands extreme um, uh, dedication, you know, mm -hmm. and um, at the same time, it also demands the the vibe, and it's it's very, you know, you can't just like we've been we've been um, working with people that were very able to play this stuff like you need to be very um skilled technically to 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 play this stuff so the people we've been working with to replace uh chris have been just extremely you know technically yeah. able uh, people kevin you know kevin and justin namely yeah yeah mm -hmm. so and and Dan too, you know, um, yeah. but but I feel I felt like the the vibe and the the one hundred percent dedication to to that music was kind of I think that that's what kind of was like missing, right. and um, I don't know. So we were searching, and I I remember um, Maricela, which is uh, my my ex wife. And I'm still like, still pretty much my best friend. Um, she was like, she saw reviled. What, yeah, was it? Yeah, at at some some fest. She was like Chicago or something or Texas or I don't know. And she was like, hey, why don't you uh, why don't you try like Vaughn? You know. And I'm like, okay, Vaughn. Like I've 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 known Vaughn for some time because he's always like asking me about metal, metal, metal. How do you, what do you do with your picking hand? What, uh, how does this work? How does this, like, I even, like we even had a lesson, I think I remember we made a, it was like pre COVID even I was living in my first apartment in Harlem at that point. I had like just gotten into death metal at that point. Right. Like I was just like, yeah, just, just, so, Yes, so you were very f just fresh into death metal. You you still are, I guess. Yeah. And um, he, he's just. Blood. But if, yeah, if for anybody just, who hasn't listened, if anybody I'm wants to know Vaughn's past, man, listen to yeah. his episode because he's got a crazy, interesting musical past before he discovered death metal. Yeah. It's just like a swing guy, you know, like uh, playing jazz gigs. And like first swinger. time I a swinger, he's a swinger. <laughs> I'm a swinger, baby. Swinger. But yeah, I'm a, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, uh, first time I met him, like uh, was was a jazz guy, you know. 
Yeah. Long hair, yeah, but total like jazz guy. Similar and then guy. Oh, we got infected with the the brutal. <laughs> the brutal yeah, bug. Brutal, dude. Because of, yeah. of defeated Santa, you know what I mean? Like defeated as I've, I've we've talked about this on the episode before, but like yeah. that was the first like talk about first death metal shows or metal shows really like I saw Defeated Sanity before I saw Judas Priest, you know. And I remember that tripping <laughs> out, dude, yeah, because the normal pathway in is not that. So but, sorry to cut you off. No, but you know what I've come to find since being in the band and just like talking to Jacob and Josh about it, it's kind of like yeah, it's like super far out or whatever, but it's not that uncharacteristic of the circumstances that both Josh and Jacob for that matter found themselves joining the band either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Like we talked we used to, we talked about this whether it was on the road or when we were in the studio, like so it's it's I think it was just only natural that in the same way that Lilla did with those guys, he just kind of like I mean, obviously, I loved the band, so it was like, you know, a non-issue as far as committing to putting in the effort necessary to make it happen. Um, but, you know, I also think now retrospectively, especially coming off of what we did in the studio, it's like, I mean, there's still a lot of things I want to refine and work on, you know, playing metal. It's like you come out of the studio, you're under a microscope like that. You really know exactly what's fucking working and what's not, mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, regiment or whatever. But I think maybe having, like Lily said, a broader understanding of just like the principles of music, mm-hmm. I think facilitated certain things that maybe allowed for us to also connect just musically. You know, like, mm-hmm. like I mean, one of the things that made and still makes being a part as a band right now, going into the studio and while we were into the studio was like, um there were certain things that still needed to be translated, right? Like the tabs are just a physical representation of the music. Like a lot of the nuance and the intangibles are lost. So we were actually having to collectively deal with this, I think. I mean, Jacob mm-hmm. was also figuring Especially out. in the studio, in the studio. That's yeah. why it took so long. And that's why yeah. we needed so long that I, I knew that like a lot of the time that we're having in the studio is about basically rehearsing. Like when, when you're sitting there and playing the riffs, yeah, uh, and and laying laying them down, to me that the the first few run-throughs are just a rehearsal, and then I'm like, yeah. yo, but it's I mean it like that because if 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 we were in the same city, you know, we could go over every detail, every we could meet up three times a week and go like, no, the riff is not like here's totally here's a very firm palm mute and mm-hmm. here, this is like very open you know but we had to do it all in the studio so it's it was basically that i think those 12 days or whatever for guitar is like it wasn't really guitar tracking it was rehearsal slash tracking. Shit out. yeah it was it was a yeah. lot of times figuring out the exact way a part would have to be yeah and um just want to add to you know since we're on a topic of Vaughn's background and how that sort of fits or ties in with, you know, what we're doing. I think that maybe in the end, the type of music that you were raised on is not even as crucial as the determination that you bring to the table. Yep. So if you are capable of playing jazz, you know, to, to, the, to that level, then that means you have it in you to to learn other stuff as well, you know, um, or if it was classical or something, it doesn't matter if you can if you can figure out 
um, or if, if you can manage to, if you have the skill level and the determination level to, to play one thing, you can also do the other thing. So in the end, I think the attitude and the level of the motivation and determination are way more um, important than knowing the exact, um, like having the exact same metal background. You know, there could be somebody who has the metal background, but maybe is already so jaded on the genre that he doesn't even really want to put the time and work in anymore, you know? And with Vaughn, we had the exact opposite. Well, I think the layers that you guys are talking about too, outside of just the music in general, it's the, you were talking vibe and, and I mean, Vaughn's a sick dude. So that that's also another factor too, is how well you interact with that person. You know, if you're going to be in a band with somebody, that guy has to end up being your brother for it to be a longevity thing where you guys really find yourselves on your own levels Mm -hmm. and know how you bounce things back and forth. And, and and as a hive mind, as the band, you kind of figure out the most efficient way that you can come to the same idea or understand the same idea. If it isn't necessarily translated in the right way, you'll still find a way to try and, get to that point b you know where you know what's crazy anthony it's funny you say that like and and i was thinking about this even like over the last couple weeks like i think you know it's been about a little over a year since i've joined the band and obviously you know going on the road and stuff is a completely different prerogative like it just requires different things out of you in the context of the band and what your role is but i think that us being in the studio together for five weeks and having to collectively problem solve as a unit and everything that comes with that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, I mean, even Lila, like I love him to death, but like him and I were, we were in there with Colin really cooking up the guitars and, you know, him and I both chasing perfection. Right. And, and commitment to the same goal, of course, but obviously you're not always going to see eye to eye on things, how things are going to, need to happen to get to that destination yeah right? during the journey it might think, not yeah and it's like it's, think, you hit some murky waters yeah and i think just as a band even not just between me and lily it could have been between josh jacob whatever colin just like us collectively hitting those moments of tension mm-hmm. you know and dealing with them in a healthy way to get mm-hmm. to the result like it's yeah. not about notes or chords or patterns or whatever. Yeah. It's, like, it's but, deeper than that. You know, it's like, okay, coming out of this experience, it was like, okay, now we're really a band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we actually, we manifested this thing together and we endured the collective creative process, which had many moments of stress. Like, you know, being on the road's different because, you know, it's work hard. And then, you know, you get to kind of celebrate every night the notion of having another sick show. But the studio, it's forever, right? And the insurmountable amount of pressure that I think everyone consciously and subconsciously feels to deliver perfection and how that translates to each other. I mean, that's a very intense thing. And, and again, think about, think about do that, yeah. anymore, you know, so we're in there for five weeks, like yeah. locked and loaded. I mean, living on top of each other, living with each other's emotions and all of that comes out in the music. Hopefully, you know, it's like, that's, that's, that's it's like birth. It's like conception. Yeah. That's what I was going to get into, dude, is like the yeah. tension. Uh, there is tension and release. That's all we're looking Healthy for. Tension, and, but, you know, but it's- no, I'm, I'm saying in the music itself, just think about the music itself. Sure. If there's st- defeated sanity, 
defeated sanity has plenty of <laughs> plenty of stress and tension that happens at certain parts when you're listening to it mm -hmm. <laughs> and you get that release you know so why would why would you be not experiencing that same tension and release during the recording process if that's what's supposed to be translated through the music itself you know yeah, yeah it's a musically yeah musically it all comes yeah. from a very real place you know what i mean right mm -hmm. and and but also make tense also music you're gonna have a tense process recording it dude <laughs> but I mean, i'm not even sure i'm not even sure if, if that's if it's that related though because you hear stories from bands that are like i don't know like motley crew or rolling stones kind of level who like choke each other out in a studio on the road yeah because they just have two big egos and it's not because the music is tense but because the guys are tense you know yeah so i, I think it helps that we're all chill yeah. that we're all yeah. chill guys you know it's a, you will or wearing your heart on your sleeve though that's the difference they're they're playing through an ego mask you know it's a, it's a cliche like 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 recording an album is like it's always like a struggle like no matter what like there's like so many things at hand like like usually like it's never just a smooth like perfect thing you know it's like no, no. uphill battle yeah. always you gotta bleed for the shit you know what i mean you gotta yeah. bleed for your art like it's yeah. totally true man because everyone i mean like i remember lil and i going back and forth over squeals man and it's not like it's not like the art of the squeal art of the squeal <laughs> man it's not over it's not about it's not about ego. It's not about emotions. It's not about like, obviously we love each other, but there were moments when I like him and I were like at odds because we're both trying to get to the same result, mm -hmm. but you're dealing with something that's so nuanced and intangible. Like there were times when he would tell me, Oh, like, okay, that's not perfect enough. Or, Oh, that one's too perfect or this and that. But, and it took me time to understand what he meant, but like even retrospectively, it's like, Oh no. I mean, you think about like Miles Davis or Zappa or these like, band leaders that just like knew how to like suck whatever they needed out of their the, the guys they mm -hmm, brought into mm -hmm, their mm -hmm. vision but like in those moments you know it, because we both want the same thing and we're having a tough time getting there collectively that creates stress right because everyone wants the perfect result you know exactly but it's something that we're all trying to collectively pull together you know doing our own role but also trying to help get everybody else where they need to be. And, you know, it's a deep experience, you know, and no it's matter how we, and now was your first. Yeah. No matter how hard we try, dude, we're never going to be a hundred percent. Dude. That's why we keep going oh, back. Yeah. That's yeah, why we're like, going back to it. Dude. And, and it's like, while it was a struggle, obviously in the studio working on a defeated sanity album, like Vaughn has just clearly stated how it was. Um, and also how he stated that we're all working towards a common goal of making the best possible album that we can with the time that we have in the studio. Right. So that mm -hmm. common goal is kind of what keeps us all level and keeps the sh those stress levels from getting catastrophic. You know what I mean? Right. Totally. Yeah. And, I and mean, also having each other's backs too. No, right? that's what I was yeah. going to say. The brotherly like, love is what yeah, keeps totally. that yeah. catastrophic moment happening is you guys are actually bros. Jacob's the only one with the power. I can't do it. Hard, dude. And Jacob's I want to also add that Cupid right around oh, Valentine's Day. Sorry. By the way. Wait, what? I said you're the only actual Cupid that could throw hearts right now. We're all trying. Everybody's like, ever since he did it. <laughs> Jake, oh, there it is. Yeah. So um, one thing I wanted to add to that is um, 
you all know when you're in a studio, you have to constantly make decisions, right? You have to make decisions and you don't know whether or not you're going to like that decision still the next day or the next time you listen to it. Mm-hmm. And um, we all know from, from experience, we've been in situations where you had to make a decision because you were running out of time. Yeah. And then you listen back later and you can't change it anymore. And it's bothering you because you made the wrong decision. Yeah. And um, the good thing about having so much time was that we were able to just go back the next day or two days later and just retrack apart or, or, or choose a different take that was already, you know, recorded or whatever, because we re were rethinking a decision and just, you know, were able to, um, to reverse something yeah. where, um, you know, the worst thing is that you have to make a decision in a pinch and you don't have time to really let it settle, sit in, uh, set in, let it settle, and um, and come back with like a fresh, fresh mind and a fresh ear, and really reevaluate: is it is it really you know as good as it can be? And so having that much time in the studio kind of eliminated a lot of these um, these doubts or quick decisions that may have would have potentially bugged us later on, you know. So right, it was and good having that we yeah, were able to get those- the the time away from it each time having that day or night that you take away from the recording session we just did this we were in the studio for this long now we're going to step away from it and because what is it yeah fatigue right everybody absolutely in in recording situations especially engineers they have to do that josh yeah definitely has to take ear fatigue breaks dude I'm oh yeah sure. we all yeah you have to take those breaks not just because your ears fatigue but also because you lose perspective totally. yes you're too you're totally. too far uh, you're, you're too too up close and you need to step back to see the big picture again and that you can't force that you need to take a break to to see that again totally yeah. all right well that's fucking cool dude so then so 12 days um and the drums were recorded fairly quick, right? Wicked fast. Three days. Wicked fast. Right? Three yeah. days? Three and a half days? Yeah, yeah I don't I, I don't know. It's just uh <laughs> it it's just very uh, for me I'm just like I've got the whole song in my head, you know, so like I know what I have to do and like so basically I practice it every day, the, the drums. And then when I go, go into the studio, I just do the same thing I've done for months before, you know, to, to practice these songs. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why that went quicker. And, and with, with guitars, as I said, it was, it was like, if you're reading a tab, and you don't have the the guy that wrote the riff right there with you there's a you need to translate you need to interpret something so that's why it takes a lot of time to go over these riffs again and oh this is really how i meant it you know it needs Mm -hmm. this kind of palm muting and this one chord here is open and then it becomes a completely new riff kind of you know so yeah, that's like I've I've got every the vision in my head for the drums, so I'm just blasting away at home, and I know exactly okay this is working, 
then I'm laying laying it down and yeah, it takes two or three days and then it's it's done. But for somebody else to, you know, just learn something from some listening to some demo and um, deal, dealing with some tab, you know, it's 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 not the whole deal to me. To me, there has to be a thing, a layer of interpretation. And yeah, um, yeah every every everybody playing these songs needs help. You know, like I, I I I had to tell Jacob, yeah, okay, that that thing you're doing here doesn't work because I've already planned the second guitar to do this, and he didn't even know that. So you know, you have to organize a lot, and um, yeah, uh, I felt those like, moments. Yeah, that and 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 with Vaughn, it's it's the same, you know. So you know what it is too, Lilla. Like, and and I think we even had this this happen even during some of the bass tracking for the same reason. But there were still certain things that we didn't even all really have agreements on as far as harmony arrangement of when certain riffs would move where yeah. you know what i mean i mean one thing i can yeah. say about this album is it's it's very orchestrated in a way that maybe some of the older defeated records uh weren't as much you know mm -hmm. uh, just a lot of different orchestration happening between the two guitars and the bass and there were times when Jacob and I would be going back and forth, trying different things. You know, Lilo would be on the couch with another guitar. We'd be trying different things, you know, just trying to figure out how to kind of get it. Maybe when we were going into the studio, it's like 90%, 95%, but how to get that last 5%, right? That in itself was a process, but that's why we had all that time in the studio preemptively, yeah. you know, knowing that we were yeah. going to, to deal with these things. Yeah. Were, you, like, were you guys, so we were you guys all at your place, Vaughn? Was no, no, months? they 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 padded they padded out of Collins because you know the Thousand Caves. There's just there's crevices everywhere for everyone. But yeah. we, you know, I we would come over to my place sometimes, and we'd go out around New York when we could. You know, I mean, nice. I think I think we found a pretty good balance of knowing when to get out of the studio. Were you, were you hanging at Thousand Caves more than home at that definitely, time, bro? Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. But you know, it, it's the kind of thing where. I just wanted to make sure that I was as involved as possible to absorb everything in the process and just get get the necessary perspective on not only making this album but what it's like making an album in this band. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. so and just wanted to listen to what those guys were talking about in regards to any element of it, not just guitars, but like when Josh was doing vocals, you know, I tried to come down there and and just be around, you know, just through osmosis, kind of see how him and Lilo were dealing with all this stuff, you know, and uh, right. yeah, just try to. Yeah. Live. So, so what it comes down to is that we used to be a band that was able to rehearse in the rehearsal room and get everything down to the T, go to the studio and lay down the tracks. Now we've become a band since Sanguinary, particularly because I moved over here and, uh, you know, then Christian left where it's like we sanguinary was the same thing we had never played like five out of those nine songs or so we had little and i had never played before we went into the studio in this case yeah. it was like seven out of eight songs that we've never played um before we got into the studio so it's when it used to be everything was worked out in the rehearsal room now it's you go into the studio with it 95 percent done and then you work on the little harmonies, the little 
drum and bass interplays and stuff. Actually, we started doing that in Berlin because I flew to Berlin first for a few days and rehearsed with Lilla, just, just the two of us. So we already started working on some drum and bass parts there and then in the studio, kept working on that. And then Vaughn came in and then second guitar changes things. So um, yeah, it's uh, we need more studio time now because we don't have as much rehearsal time, simply put. Yeah. yeah. It's also worth yeah. noting too to to expand on what Jacob just said is that uh, it, at the very beginning stages of the songwriting of Sanguinary, uh, Christian was still in the band, so there were actually was, points. Yeah. yeah, there were points where we were we were jamming out new material at the rehearsal space in Berlin. Um, yeah, uh, like really, three really or four on. of those songs. But I want to say yeah. like more than half the album we had never played together, you know, like, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, definitely. It was completely fresh. And in this case on this new one, um, it's, it was all of it, but, but that one song that we played on the last tour. Yep. And, um, so yeah, uh, that's why everything took a little bit longer, but we were in the end, I also had a little bit of help because Lil and I had that like five day period in Berlin right before the studio recording. So drums and bass were already a little bit more dialed. And um, and then Vaughn only came into the fold in New York, so he, um, yeah, there was just there were more, more question marks still to be uh, to be discussed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, <clears throat> let's talk about concept a little bit. Um, who's behind the lyrics on this one? Is it you, Josh? Uh, it's me and Lila. Actually, it's pretty much evenly fifty-fifty split. Okay. Um, we basically, um, and it was kind of the same thing for Sanguinary, very similar process was, uh, we basically spent, I would say a year uh, working on the lyrics and the vocal patterns in conjunction with one another. Um, and we would meet once a week, typically, um, mm -hmm. for maybe two, three hours at a time uh, and just write lyrics and figure out the, get, get deep into the songs and figure out what role the vocals need to serve. What um, are like the main, um um influences or you know just like what what ideas are you guys if you want to divulge any you can keep your secrets still but everybody <laughs> all the vocalists have their <laughs> secrets um but yeah just a bit that you guys have a specific um seed that this grew from what what's the idea that it that is behind the album so i mean i mean you're you're speaking lyrically and thematically right correct okay so with both of the albums that i've been on at this point with defeated sanity um they both already had a pre a preconceived album concept so sanguinary impetus is all about the animal kingdom and the kind of brutal primitive nature of different uh different relationships in the animal kingdom and how fucked up they can be um and that was oh yeah that, that i remember i remember specifically we actually came up with that album uh theme in asia right lila whoa was it yeah weren't we talking about that idea when we were in uh indonesia i think about we were like going, dragon. i mean i think that was kind of where that was born uh, i think we I, talked I, about I, it a lot there did you guys witness yeah, some real i mean we, we talked about it a lot there but um i don't know when when i started that weird fucking idea <laughs> yeah you know or at least that's um, when it was first like 
really we started to kind of hash out the ideas and figure figure out individual uh kind of things we could talk about to split it up on a song to song basis i think that was kind of where we uh and that was 2017 that asia tour right yeah so we're talking three years before we even did or kind of two two and a half years before we even started working on the album uh yeah. in the studio um yeah so so anyway but anyway getting back to my point is that the uh as far as the lyrics and the themes go at least since i've been in the band they've been very uh predetermined concept albums so sanguinary had a very strict concept of uh, of the animal kingdom and now mm -hmm. with our new album it's all about uh deranged like mental illness um delusions things like that mm -hmm. like we, we were joking and saying that this could have been the self-titled defeated sanity album yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember that. It's called that yeah yeah every single song is just about a different kind of delusion a different kind of mental disorder that just leads to some really fucked up stuff um some things that are uh, innately happening in the brain or things that are influenced from the outside like we have one song about uh being infected with rabies and what that does to your brain mm -hmm. um, yeah and then we have another song about what's called the cop gras delusion which is where basically you just wake up one day and you feel like all your friends and family were replaced by imposters and they're out Ooh. to get you. Um, so it's, it, like it's it. kind of a, it's, it's a looser concept uh, overall than uh, sanguinary was, but it's still it very more, much tied into the brain. You know, is it kind of uh, like a POV? You're kind of jumping into those uh situations where you're trying to portray it through the eyes of the person who's experiencing that mental yes. at times at times some songs are some songs give you the bird's eye view like you're the observer watching this happen but other songs it's actually kind of written in the first person mm -hmm. um and we kind of tried to split it up to kind of break up any monotony that could happen with uh with phrasing things like that well also um, that's a duality of the situation too it's like exactly sing versus you know the watcher yeah yeah and like I, we, I, we would, just... I would say every song has both i think so we like we use the eye perspective in every song like it's it's like uh your question anthony i, I yes i can yeah. answer it with yes it's a lot that it's makes a me lot excited because I, I like that that like idea of the way I write too is from the P like the new odious album is roughly around like going into like a schizophrenic universe or a mentally, the universe is a brain, but after cryptic, we go through a portal and then the album ends. Nobody knows what happens. Well, what's on the other side of that portal, different universe. And then you think of, nice. the concept of like, uh, mm. the universe is a mind and, what would it be like to be in a, you know, a delusional mind or a schizophrenic mind or? Yeah, it's like we were, looks like we were exploring similar places, my I, friend. Now, when you were saying <laughs> that, dude, it kind of was like, oh shit, they're hitting some, some buttons for me too, and yeah, in the way in, in the things that I'm writing about right now too, it, get, it gets All pretty right. wild. We with got the, the we got the patents, we got the patents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. <laughs> Yeah, to elaborate on that a little further was um, kind of also things that we would talk about once we had song concepts put together is 
listen to the songs and kind of figure out, okay, musically, which ones marry best to certain themes, you know what I mean? Like, which song is, like, kind of, uh, like, crazy and, like, uh, like, frenzy enough to write about rabies, particularly, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, We wouldn't mm -hmm. use, like, a slow, demented song to write about rabies. We want, like, a a more fast, like, vicious one. Um, So these are also kind of things that me and Lilla would figure out and it's it's just creating trying to create the best marriage between the the lyrical themes and the music you know right. what i mean which is i feel like it, it, that's an art form in and of itself um especially totally. in like death metal right with some yeah. eric with the vocals kind of yo i also want to say something just on the vocal line for my boy schwa right here <laughs> the diction <laughs> the diction on the new album mm. is yes. so uh, you know for me even getting into death metal kind of recently, like the thing that I still really be at my love of Frank Mullins style or Danny Nelson or guys that like, I mean, the diction and the way that certain words come across and certain riffs make the riffs hit harder. You know what I mean? Because there's now a visceral understanding of the music being connected to something. I'm not going to give any moments of actual lyrical content away here. I mean, people can hear the album and see what I mean, but the diction in the delivery on Josh's end is just, it, it brings a lot of that lyrical content to life. You know what oh, I mean? You can really yeah. hear, yeah. you, you can really hear the lyrics. Hear some of the lyrics and, and I, to me, that's such, such an integral part of, of what I love about death metal gutturals. You know, I mean, sometimes there's a time for the pig squealing, you know, I mean, devourment, right? There's liturgy, there's its moments when it, it works. But personally, I think the diction element mm-hmm. is so important with, getting the lyrics across audibly right i mean yeah you're of course to my soul right now vaughn that's exactly how yeah. i am as a vocalist we don't want to yep and this shit i want people to hear it you know yeah. yep exactly i mean when, when it comes to like when it comes to the sound and the and and everything yeah of course i i take influence from from maddie way like all the guttural vocalists and stuff but when it comes to like performance and things like that and and again the diction like I'm thinking back to like the old Barnes Cannibal Corpse albums, Frank Mullen, obviously, mm-hmm. um, where the lyrical content is clearly there. It's not like oh, we recorded the vocals and uh, wrote the lyrics later, sort yeah. of a vibe. You know what I mean? Totally. Where, or or to the point where it's like you don't even have to put so much effort into the lyrics because nobody's ever gonna understand them, even if they're following <laughs> along. You know, if mm-hmm. you, if you got the yeah. lyrics in front of you and you listen to this album, you can you can hear every single word. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's pretty immaculate. Plus, rad, plus you really like to say the word diction, don't you? <laughs> yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, want cool, Josh, I want the Josh Welshman audiobook series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coming right up. I'll just read uh, cookbooks about cannibalism. <laughs> um, I, I want to I wanna hop in and, and mention... Go for it going to uh berlin and hanging out with lille in september uh was fucking awesome uh, great times what did um, you guys do well one thing we did that that made me want to talk about it now is lille you know listened to me talk about disgorge from my perspective as the drummer and how i felt about the records and he explained she like got it to me and he says well, that's the record where maddie wrote lyrics for every song and articulated every song and every lyric and if you sit there with the you know words in front of you you will hear every single word mm-hmm. 100%. I was like 
Yeah. And, and, you know, he already did cranial. So it's like, we already took that extreme out and can you turn that into something, you know, more lyrical. And, and I guess, you know, that kind of opened that, that opened that album up for me. Um, and that's just, you know, tying into this conversation, but it's just like also an example of Lele's just insight into death metal and brutal death metal and how he can set you straight on the right opinions, basically, you know, the aesthetics. And side note, um, that, that right. spoken word that Maddie does on that album, too, is totally a uh, hey, amazing. motherfuckers. I yeah. love it, personally. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, it's you want to hear, you wanna hear yeah. what I'm saying? I'm going to speak it to you right now. Yeah. 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 And listen. Like a lecture. A fucking well, monologue. I was, I was thinking about this today, actually, that if you think back to, like, what the death metal vocalist and i'm not one but like what historical precedent there is for someone doing that like i was thinking yeah there was always like the madman in the town square who was yelling about you know gods and demons and you know the the fucking apocalypse or there was chris barnes essentially yeah (laughs) Um, and so i was just thinking it's talking about weed (laughs) for sure yeah so so i don't know um, that's that's kind of just my thought there, and I'll probably develop that more. But here's uh, the homie squad. Oh, the nice! Hell oh, hell yeah! Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that is that, dude? Is yeah, that enjoying a- some Thai food? I see with Alex. Yeah, looks and delicious. And Lily, you were you were uh, you were a little concerned. You were worried about recording coming up. You were like, I don't know. Uh, you were like dealing with some physical stuff, and and oh yeah, that? yeah, my, my- it out more or less. I had some I had some tendon issues, and um, 100% resolved them by now or at, by the time of the studio. So it's um, yeah, I'm completely back to normal. It's uh, worked out for the. I did the right thing too because you know you hear different voices. They're like, no, you gotta start playing again because what if you you know and and. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to fucking wait. I'm going to wait. And then yeah. if I have only three weeks to get into practicing the songs again, then so be it. But like worst case scenario, I'll start in the studio to play and we'll still get it done. And yeah. um, I don't know. I, I, I waited for the exact per- perfect around, uh, amount of time and it went completely smooth. I'd On our last so. week's episode, we were talking to Flo about the physical aspects of drumming and how you guys are, you know, kind of athletes. We kind of came to the realization and, okay. you know, him saying that he burned a thousand calories in 45 minutes and some tests that he went through to see the physical aspects that it takes to do death metal drumming. And, and yeah. Yeah, it's it's no different than listening to an athlete talk about uh, uh, injury that they had and they're trying to rehabilitate it so they can continue. And I agree, uh, your caliber, as long as you stay healthy during that, to to take your breaks when you need it to where you're not, you know, uh, furthering an injury that might down the road be a detrimental thing for you as a drummer like yeah dude take your breaks get yeah that zen out again physically and mentally get yourself ready for that recording 
well, yeah, it was it was it was pretty harsh actually. I, I it's it's not that zen when you like when the thing that you love most and that keeps you going gets stripped away from you. Yeah. For like, mm. but it was like almost three months. I I stopped playing for three months. Ooh, and it's, I thought you said three yeah. Weeks. No, I I had to be disciplined about that stuff. Yeah. And um. And it's like there was no trying. I was just like, nah, something's going on. Just like it's not much. It doesn't even hurt, but there's something going on. Let's mm -hmm. just let it go. Write some lyrics. Yeah. Um, let the other guys learn their stuff, and then I don't know. I, I'm just happy that at the exact right moment I started playing again, and it, it went super smooth. Hit the ground yeah. running, dude. Yeah, because yeah. Lila, that that kicked in basically right after that uh, U.S. Canadian tour, right? Yeah, it, pretty, it was pretty fun, shortly like, after. It during that I felt like physically I felt absolutely like perfect during that yeah. tour, and um, like I didn't I didn't get sick at all, and I uh, you know one of these tours where everything was fucking on point like and uh, no no back pain you know usually you have the lower back like at some point there's always something but on that tour there was nothing and then i don't know it was like a two-week break like the one week where i stayed with you josh i i didn't play and we wrote lyrics and then i came back home and that was one more week and then i had to learn those or like practice those last three songs and and the opener of the album is just fucking lethal you know yeah. i think that's how i that's how i got it because it's really i'm at the top and almost like it's it's almost over the top of my speed limit like i'm i i don't know how in the hell i'm gonna gonna get a citation my friend <laughs> i don't know i don't know how to reproduce that life when we don't have the click forcing me because the click is not forcing me i'm i'm definitely gonna go a little lazier on on that hyper blasting stuff well, I'll thank you um, for it. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna put some crack in your candy. No worries. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll have to do that. But anyways, three Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's what did it. I think the uh, the album opener is what what broke me. That and, yeah, um, making me fucking excited for this album, dude. And and I wish I had a little teaser, but you guys. You guys are well, still mixed. It's still mixed and mixing right now. It's done. It's done. It's 100% done. It's 100% done. We're just sitting on it. We're sitting ducks. Well, yeah. <laughs> I might have to find um, some way to hear that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we, we, you know, we were, we were thinking about like, what can we say in this interview? Can we say the title? Should we say a title? Uh, we you guys already no. have a title? Yeah, we have a title. Everything is done. Everything's done. Um, All works but, done. But we decided yep. we decided we can't we can't give the title away um Could we you have give to be the, like who the artist is for the artwork oh yeah i guess we All can right. say that yeah 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 say that. yeah so the, we have the, john zig again yeah uh, the but this time so last time john zig was like a last minute call to the rescue 
because we had a different artist lined up and it didn't pan out. We had to get John Zig to give us something real quick. And mm -hmm. and I like I do like the Sanguinary cover, but it was it was a it was just quick, you know what I mean? So this yeah. time we had him lined up months before and we really had him work on the details and it it came out absolutely absolutely sick. So absolutely. um yeah. I think personally yeah. it's my favorite cover since Passages. Ooh, sick, dude. You know what? Yeah. Real yeah. quick, I want to yeah. like throw out there. I want to actually ask, talk to Jacob about this, but in the context of the podcast, like kind of bouncing off of what Lilla was saying. Like, I don't know how you did you feel that physically it was one of the more demanding records for you to do? Because there were moments when I felt like I was definitely pushed to my threshold, like tempo wise. Like <laughs> stuff that I was just like, this is the fastest thing I've ever had to play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah that was something uh, i mean it was your first defeated you know um so honestly i think i've i think it's been the same every time uh for me um passages was one of those where i had an injury before that so i was recovering and i didn't have much time to repair so i was definitely pushing myself to to get up to speed for that one um and sanguinary for sure too they were always on every album there were moments where i was not quite ready where i was like i just learned the song and i have to get through this in the studio but really you come out of the studio on the other end able to play it you know like you go into the studio and still a little on shaky ground you know and you play it in the studio and you really nail it down and now you can go on stage and play it and and it's not a problem you know um that's kind of there have always been parts like that not songs but parts like that on every album so it was the same for me on this one there were certain parts where the studio really helped uh solidify you know uh the ground i was standing on but overall i don't know if it was huh especially in a situation where like i feel like the strings really had to like you and i had to stand our ground sometimes in such opposition to how the drum parts were going against them you know oh, what yeah. I mean? That creates like a oh, yeah. all the time. Challenge. Every song you have to you have to drive. <laughs> yeah, like every song, right? Like it's yeah. just it, the drums are like relentlessly going in this different direction, and it's like you have to hold hold it down even that much more at the velocity that we're having to do it. It's like man, mm -hmm. it's, but yeah, you come out of the studio yeah. correct, right? Because you have all the references there, and everything is so under the microscope. It's like you have to figure it out. You don't have a choice. Yeah. yeah, studio makes a man so, out of you. Dead ass. It does, and and I mean, you know, and then you don't get to play the shit for months, and then you you go through the process again, and then you play on one tour, and now all of a sudden it's like locked, and you you like muscle memory mode, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. I I gotta say I gotta say this album as challenging as the songs are to play, um, it's just a repeat experience from the other albums for me, honestly um it's not been that much different i don't think i took more or less time than i did on sanguinary to record or passages or any of the other so album i don't know Lilith was there for all of them so i think that it was comparable right like each album yeah sure but i i gotta agree with vaughn a little bit at, at least on i don't know for me it's like the the beginning of the album is just like it the for me, it's the hyperblast game that just 
it it it, it was very hard to you know honestly now when i go back and play them i still can't reach that tempo at at, at least I, uh, unless i'm like i don't know you can be warm you can be warmed up and then you can play a fucking cynic show or you can play uh you know or even uh I, I don't know play a jazz fusion show or something but for this stuff you have to almost be like hot mm-hmm. yeah. like you you have to yeah, be like an athlete, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, the same. Isn't it like the athletes can't get sometimes they can't get their time or their I don't know, the many twirls or whatever when they <laughs> I don't know. And it feels like with with these three songs in question, I'm like, I can't get that tempo every time. But you I'm know like, what? I think what? adrenaline is going to be the uh, adrenaline is going to be the final uh, the, the the key that unlocks those the right. the, the top the top tier tempos. You know, is ha- yeah. having 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 that raging crowd, having that yeah. raging crowd in front yeah. of you. You're gonna that that's gonna give you the push to get them to that right that album speed. You know what I mean? I mean, it's crazy. Oh, we hope so. Well, it's like playing some of the older material on the road, like Carnal, or even Perspectives on the last couple of tours, like. Some of the nights, like Seattle, for example, you know, we're playing perspectives, and then you go back and listen to the album recording. We're playing at like ten BPM faster. Oh yeah, easy. You know I mean? Like easy. New York Carnal, you know, Carnal yeah. at like uh, some like Milwaukee Metal Fest or stuff. It's like off the radar compared to where it is on the album. You know? Yeah, yeah. Songs, yeah, but that's, that's songs like because I can. Yeah, yeah. Songs like I can. Yo, songs like Suti. For example, Lila is just punishes us every night we play that live because you just play it so goddamn. You play that song so goddamn fast every night live. It's like inhuman how fast you play that song. Yeah, because I can. But yeah, with the, yeah. with those new songs, it's like I th- I think getting to the album uh, uh, tempo will be. I I mean I will get probably just to the album tempo if if i'm on fucking adrenaline you know <laughs> about it is too it's like with the new material it's like the shit's stupid fast but also the metrics are way more dense than say sati you know definitely what I mean? yeah yeah sati is a piece of cake in comparison yeah, like oh, yeah. walk in the park you got oh the, yeah the tempo's going but the risk structures and the metrics and all the modulations against that at those bpms it's just like come on yeah and yeah. and I th- I think Joseph and Casey can both attest to this. Um, when we follow you guys as the drummers, and you guys start out and you start playing, and that adrenaline gets going, and all of a sudden, it is twenty <laughs> fifteen twenty beats faster per minute than the album or how we've been doing it in the studio and we got to roll with it. And then, yeah, but then we realize we all can do it at that speed. Yeah. Live. Cause your adrenaline kicks in for everyone. Yeah. 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 Even though it's not the preferred method of expressing the art at that moment for us, we all have to be like, all right, we're doing it and we all execute it and we do it and we get to the end and we're like, Oh, we did it. But, yeah. Casey or Troy or Lilla, slow down, dude. Yeah, for the next like one. the 
No. Train's leaving the station. No, you got to jump on, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. It is well, actually, yeah. It's a train that just keeps going after a while. What, and you just got to yeah. stay on. What is the fastest and longest hyperblast or like speed kind of geek moment in Defeated Sanity? I always thought it was um, the title track of the first album, but the re recording for Psalms. Um, yeah. That's pretty fucking um, fast on the snare. Uh, yeah i remember that part was was i i was i was proud of it because there was a section where i was actually blasting with like hyper blasting with two hands yeah when i'm going on, on the ride there um but i don't think that would be particularly uh in in human for me to play now um what about perspectives though challenging and uh it was challenging to a point that now i'm starting to play that with a slow gravity blast mm. so like that's that's my newest fucking discovery where where i like i was i was trying to do the fucking hyper thing for a long time and it, i i fucking love people that can do hyper i don't know how they do it I, I do it my way, but but anyways, I started just going with a very slow and very powerful um, gravity blast, which I think is is a thing is is my thing now, and it's so it saves so much energy. And uh, on the new album, those slow gravity blasts, if you like, they sound like the sickest hyper blasts you've ever heard, and they go on forever because. I don't know somehow i found a way to to really hit that shit hard like because it's basically an arm movement mm -hmm. and somehow i made it extremely powerful so it's like <laughs> whereas like in the back like with perspectives i started uh in, like applying that because i was like oh these fucking hypers i can't fucking do it and now mm -hmm. i'm just sitting there i mean i'm still like you know struggling because i know like this can't be no fucking pussy shit you know it's I, I gotta it's gotta sound as Militant. brutal as possible but but in, in general it's just like it saves a lot of energy so that's that's kind of my 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 it became my thing you know to to start with the the slow gravity blast but yeah prospectus definitely one of the uh thickest ones there's also like i think the purging there's like a triplety like hyperblast mm. that i don't know if i can like if i can still do it now it's like it, it starts with the normal blast first and then goes like so um, on the purging it's the beginning of the purging where it's like starts with the normal blast and then gets into a fucking hyper i don't know if i can still do that honestly you can dude if you worked on it enough you get there again <laughs> come on I now. Well, you have to put it come on back into the set i you mean know, drumming it's always necessity yeah. that is the mother of invention right yeah yes totally. that's one of the few I love that's that. one of the I love that's that one statement. of the few songs i haven't played live the purging oh, yeah shit. we haven't played that since yeah since connie yeah it's one of the few i yeah. haven't played live yeah <laughs> so we've got the tab. Right. <laughs> yeah 
So, all right. So everybody's excited about it. Keep seeing people saying, dude, this is gonna, this is exciting. Everybody's so geeked out on it. Like, when is this, when are we gonna, when is this gonna see the light of day? And when can I hear it? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> ask, answer the second question post pot. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, hang on. Uh, so I think that. If I can, if I can say it, I think it's gonna be October. It's gonna be quite a wait. Yeah. Um, but I just was asking the label in an email today about an update on that, so I don't have. I hope it's maybe a little sooner. Um, but that was the original timeline. Um, why does it take that long? I don't know. They have a backlog, you know. I yeah. guess of a lot of releases that come out. Um, obviously, they do need some time to manufacture and do all that stuff there's going to be like a there's always like that four month window or so you know to do that if you're with a with a label like that but then on top of that there's a backlog and um so anyway the original timeline was october um we delivered on time i think we delivered actually before like sooner than we said yeah. we deliver so there yeah, might be I, a I'm, chance i'm that, proud yeah there might be a chance that maybe it gets pushed forward by a little bit yeah but yeah i'm waiting on an answer on that um obviously there's gonna be at least one track available like way before that you know whenever the pre-orders kick off which is usually like three months or so before the release so by the summertime there's gonna be at least one track and then soon after a second track and then eventually a third track available before the album finally drops um but yeah it's gonna be a little bit of a wait unfortunately yeah I think, I mean, that's kind of the, it's par for the course now, dude. Um, it does seem longer behind the scenes. It didn't seem like it was, I mean, it was still a long time, but I think after, you know, I mean, we keep mentioning the P word in this, we're getting set back in the algorithm. I'm sure for how many times we said pandemic, but whatever, dude. Um, but that is the, the cause of it all, you know, like now all the businesses are still, you know, trying to recoup. We're fuck the corporations, dude. We're talking about the small businesses in the underground death metal scene. Imagine mm -hmm. what kind of impact all those record labels, which, you know, as the artists, we still get shafted but that's a different conversation i'm just saying that's the that's our outlets to get our art out to the world then they get hit by that and now it's all re like trying to bounce back and keep it going and it things plants pressing plants and all that stuff yeah it it, it trickles down so deep the vi vinyl pressing plants are the ones that really were dictating the the release um schedule because they were booked out so far in advance and if you want to have the vinyl ready on release day which you know vinyl is nowadays the most important medium almost more important yeah. than cd so you can't be just releasing it and then have the vinyl like three four months later so because the vinyl pressing yeah. plants were so backed up that you know feeds into the equation of when it's going to get released mm -hmm. No, yeah, doubt, dude. you can thank you can thank the major labels for that because they basically bought out the production schedules for uh, 
oh. for a lot of the a lot of the main vinyl plants. So they basically like booked them out so that they could only only press like the major like the Taylor Swift albums and the the Adele oh, yeah. albums yeah. and stuff. Adele, um, I remember that huge. I've heard that. Yes, they bought, mm -hmm. they bought like millions of of. Uh, yeah, so they. They basically so, monopolized all of vinyl pressing. Dude, I was just like about to say, we never stopped playing Monopoly. Like yeah. the pandemic was just a new thing that was in, introduced into the game of Monopoly. You know, yeah. that was pretty much was just like everybody's waiting. It was like a horse race waiting for as soon as they can get back in there, you know? And, yeah. and yeah. of course the bigger, the bigger bucks are going to catch and, first in the line. Well, and, we're in a, another, Oh, sorry, you go. No, I don't know if you were still on a topic, but with the vinyl oh, pressing, was. particularly, um, that's what, yeah. A well, lot of the vinyl pressing plants have shut down when vinyl became unpopular, and now there's mm -hmm. just not enough capacity. That's that's all yeah. I'm gonna say. That's well, well, yeah, because because vinyl has made such a resurgence so quickly that one, like you said, there's not enough vinyl plants to be able to keep up with that kind of production, and two, mm -hmm. the major labels are all over it because it makes money again makes yeah, a lot yeah. of money because people yeah. want vinyl people for some reason want vinyl again oh, um, yeah. the all thing that we stopped all of a making, sudden like you know? years ago is oh we got to get back on that dude yeah 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 exactly um and yeah if the if the major labels can make money they're gonna they're gonna absolutely take advantage of it you know yeah, yeah. why so that, is it the high why is it the high definition physical media Somebody explain that to me right now. I'm sure it's been explained to me many times on the show, but I want it freshly <laughs> put in my brain. You're asking you're asking why vinyl is high definition? Why is it no, I know why there are collectors and they gotta get the 180 gram yeah. best fucking needle on the planet, you know, like mm -hmm. and the best speaker, all that stuff. But why is it that this physical like vinyl or plastic, the grooves in there and that needle following those grooves is more high definition than other physical media like CDs or other stuff. Well, I can I can explain on that if you want to me to Please, get really dude, nerdy. That's, that's exactly. Yeah, I mean, get nerdy. First of all, the um. The material is more durable than like a CD material. So a vinyl, if you treat it right, will last hundreds of years. You know, that's the, just material doesn't decay mm -hmm. the same as like a CD decays. That's mm -hmm. one thing that doesn't matter if, you know, you can still listen to a CD probably as long as you're alive. So that's not really a thing. But the other thing is that yeah. simply it's, an, it's analog versus digital. It's the analog versus digital debate where vinyl is analog and analog by, by nature has infinite resolution. And digital, it comes down to bits, right? And to bit rates and a bit depth. And um, so it's chopped up and therefore the resolution is, you know, it's basically like quantizing, you know, you have a, a drummer and then you're quantizing a drummer and suddenly he's on a grid, you know, and you're chopping yeah. it up and putting it on the grid. So you're altering it. I mean, obviously at such a high frequency, most people wouldn't be able to tell the difference, but some audiophile people would be like, yo, I can definitely tell. So yeah. that's mostly the debates. One's analog and one's digital. I mean, yeah. the I, I listen to music on YouTube, bro. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just trip on. I just trip on the needle following a plane in a spy slow spiral of it's various of various depths 
Yeah. That mm -hmm. as that needle follows the depths of those valleys, like I, I'll, yeah, I'll, I feel you. It's I will, out for sure. I, I attribute it to being yeah. on magic. I attribute it to being on the Star Wars Star Tours ride at Disneyland, where <laughs> there's that moment where you go down into the crevice of the fucking Empire's ship, and yep. you're going through all these various like obstructions to get up and over, under, and things are shooting at you. And I'm like, that's a fucking needle going through the record right now, dude. <laughs> Yeah, and, and when that's happening, I'm, I, I understand. Yeah, like I huh? understand the physical aspect of it, and it's all vibration. But why is it my voice? In yeah, the, is in that crazy, man? Crevices, dude. It's <laughs> fucking my crazy. Voice is in those crevices. Your voice, yeah. Josh, is in those crevices. Vaughn, yeah, yeah. your strings, Lilith. <laughs> All your fucking drums. Jacob, you're fucking Fuck yeah, man. I don't have to be high to appreciate this right now. <laughs> yeah. Lily, 100% I know Lily, what you mean. Lily is the best proxy high I've ever been around. Like, Lily, <laughs> literally, if one or two people around is drunk or stoned on the road, like, Lily's like a sponge. Like, he'll be the first to absorb it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, but not only that, aside from what I'm on, that's a fucking psychedelic thought. Oh, of course, right yeah, no, 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 yeah. You know, you know, I can only speak for saying. like the the guys like Josh and me, audio engineers, right? We um, it's like what the fascination is still real, but because we've been like going to the depth of what makes this actually work, I'm not gonna say lost a little bit of that magic, but mm. you know, it's like yo. Jacob, Jacob, now imagine someone didn't invent it. Could you? <laughs> Fuck no. <Of> course. <laughs> That's no. what I'm saying. Uh, there's yeah. like, there's some fucking, like, we're, like, we're all dumb. Well, you know who, People you know who that invented was? That so dumb, dude. So it, was, that, it was Mr. Uh, those are Thomas the big Edison. fucking... Figures Thomas in your on, on the on the tube on the Thomas Edison was on the um what are they call it um Gra a gramophone no yeah well was no, a, a phonograph a phonograph a phonograph it was a phonograph with yeah. the tubes with the tubes right yeah. the little tubes and the, the grooves were circularly um you know cut into the tubes I mean I'm not sure if Edison stole that from someone else before he did but he was the first to patent it. And then basically later they just put it on a disc made from vinyl, but the concept was the same, you know, a needle but, reading a groove. You know what? I'm waiting, you know, fuck vinyl. I'm waiting for wax cylinder you recordings to be back in. You still did That's it, a wax cylinder. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That came later. The groove, though. Nope. You didn't explain the groove and why my voice or your bass is on it, though. Well, you okay, know? so, all right. Well, here's the thing. Have you seen a waveform before? Yes. It's that. So is that so literally it? When I'm it's watching literally, Ableton, yeah. it's, when I'm watching yes, Ableton, literally a waveform. It's literally a waveform. The needle is reading a wa the waveform in the groove. Yep, okay. and it's and it's translating it into uh, electrical current. Yeah, it, into voltage so just that can be right. that can be all, sent through a speaker. All the minute aspects of how my voice or the guitar, or the drums, or anything is it's all it's all information in there. So. 
see each, each tone if you really if you really want to get down to it every tone every tone is a sine wave a pure tone right it's a sine wave like this right you've seen that before so you also you have an oscillator like an analog synthesizer oscillator and, and you know it oscillates like this a sine wave but it can also be a square wave a square wave has overtones and so on and so forth so now you're when you're layering all kinds of waves over another some of them i mean none of them are going to be sines obviously they're all going to have overtones so they're all going to be some kind of zigzag line and the more you overlay them the more complex the whole thing gets essentially and um and that can be red and you know it's like the needle jumps up and down in so many ways at the same time you know it reads the frequency that's maybe 50 hertz at the same time it reads the frequency that's 1200 hertz and one that's 16000 hertz all at the same time so it's not going like this or yeah. like this or like this it goes like it's this 360 degrees it's everything all at the same time mm -hmm. yeah so that's that and th th it just it's a complex product complex frequency oh, product yeah, dude and but the uh, highest it, fidelity it, as far as physical like physical yeah. representation right is now i mean it's insane we're a bunch of apes trying to define sound right now live on this <laughs> yeah. podcast <laughs> yeah, I got it. How it's, it's recorded, frozen in time on a physical piece of plastic, and you still, no matter what, it's dude, you're it's, not gonna... it's fucking it's fucking fascinating. But it's like also worth it to get to the depth of how it works because you can really see what what like MP3 does to it. You know, first of all, with digitalization, quantization, quant quantization is that the word, Josh? Quantizing, yeah. quantizing quantizing does to it and then obviously um you know mp3 compression and all that and how really the analog wave is just the purest and like the analog product like a vinyl is just the purest most unaltered version of it if it was recorded on tape obviously because if you record it digitally and then you just master it and press it on the vinyl i mean there could be an argument why that would be better mm. but if it was produced analog from front to back then it's undeniably the most faithful product is to have it on vinyl i dig the idea of thinking about the voyager flying through space right now with the gold record with all the vibrations that you're just talking about right now with all the <laughs> fun songs that we tried to send to space and see if yeah we did aliens we did. will fucking be like dude we're fucking cool johnny be good and <laughs> did they put johnny be good on there they Probably. totally have Johnny Be Good on that record, dude. <laughs> Look it up, dude. The, uh, is yeah. it the Voyager or is it? No, it's not. Yeah, it was. It was one of the Vo uh, both of them. There's two of them. There's I think one of them, of them yeah. actually just we just lost uh, contact. Yeah, one of them is one like them beyond them. beyond the what we can you know communicate with. But it has you know physical uh, and little drawings. It has little record. drawings of of humans too, and and our solar systems on there. I think. Yep, it's pretty interesting. Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan shit, yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. We're coming up on two hours. It's 2 a.m. plus in New York. How you doing, Vaughn? McChillin. McChillin, bro. McChillin. Yeah. I know. We rallied for this one tonight, dude. We don't normally start this late, but, dude, when you have so many different people in so many different time zones, finding yeah. one place where everybody's gonna sacrifice a little bit you know yeah it's impossible <laughs> it works yeah um I wanna... we're here now it's not impossible dude yeah 
Well, impossible to find a uh, a quasi reasonable time for everybody. Right, I know. we're all suffering a little bit in some fashion. Yes, but I was no, just gonna... not suffering yeah. for the cause, though. I love it. Yeah, I'm suffering. I'm it's chilling time for me, but hell yeah, yeah. I want to give everybody wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say if anyone just wants to say anything, kind of to mark the occasion or whatever, just any open thoughts on. Uh, um, on anything well, dude. how about we come back when the album is out and talk some yeah. more there you go <laughs> all right but yeah i mean I, until then just you know hang tight and you know we'll hopefully have some updates on the release date soon uh you can expect the the probably brutalist fastest most extremely fierce sandy record as you maybe picked up by now it's very you know it's extreme um uh, it's, it's extreme yeah blistering extreme. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I think yeah. I think after Sanguinary being like um, very much like the most experimental album to date, I I, I still said like I think Josh and Jacob kind of um, argue with me on that, um, but I think with this one, yes, we kept staying like like it it has crazy stuff like on on Sanguinary, mm-hmm. but. I think, at least for me, the main focus was was brutality again, and um, it's it, it's extremely fast, has extremely um, a, a lot of chunkiness. Like the guitars are, I think, heavier than on Sanguinary again, and um, like there's a lot of um, caveman mixed in with the with the you know with the tech and the create creative and the prog um so yeah i don't know for me it's i think a few people that might have been so so about sanguinary they should be back on board now i think that's that's what everybody can expect it's 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 definitely brutal death um with with you know the typical ds uh prog Mm-hmm. touch yeah and well, i think yeah, it's... also like the, the continuity top to bottom is very important i think that's just one thing i would like to just ask of all the listeners you know who um consume the album for the first time of course like singles are going to be singles and i mean the singles we're all very confident in i think as singles as i understand it we're all in pretty strong agreement about that but i think it's important and i ask people to try to listen to it also as one overarching always Thing. Always, yeah. I mean, I think that's something. Yeah. I mean, to Lilla's credit again, I mean, he's uh, he's obviously the well, and he's the abbot of the band, and like even in the demoing process, you know, we would talk about the uh, the order of songs, and he, you know, in the group chat, kind of moving things around and stuff. But I don't think I really even heard the continuity of it until we got out of the studio. Mm-hmm. It's all like, in my noodle. Yeah, man. And like, <laughs> like Jacob mentioned before, it's like it's so hard to be objective about it. Like I'm not even objective about it yet. You know, I don't mm. think I'm going to have an objective understanding of how this music is going to be interpreted by people for years to come. I think maybe everyone in the band probably shares a little bit of and, that imagine, you know. But but one thing I can say is I, I I have heard and would really like to encourage people to try to experience it as one one overarching body of work as well. I think because 
I mean, the continuity that Lily put together and how the songs blend and, and, and even what we did with interlude sections. And, you know, it's, it's, there's a, there's a vision and, and samples. Yeah. So what samples, I, I take away Vaughn you know, is that I think you're really stoked on your performance on this record, dude. I think uh, that, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go on the record. No, no, no. Hey, no, hey, I'm hey, not hey. Gonna, I don't know. But, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Because I was gonna say, I think you're stoked, but I think that this is your first like real representation of yourself as an artist in death metal, right? Yeah, thousand percent. Yeah. So, so you're you're hoping that your uh, your execution and ability is gonna show in the record, and I just want to say, dude, that if you're on, if you were signed on to the fucking the list of people that's in this band right now dude you're already fucking sick dude so just know that i i fully 100 know that your your performance on this album is gonna blow my mind dude okay? I, mean, I appreciate that anthony obviously i was i was uh, i just want to give you a little I, best, I, I throughout you know? the episode i just want to know that i can tell that you're just a little i I want you to know that I guarantee you fucking did it, dude. I you're gonna fucking blow my mind, I appreciate dude. That, okay. Thank you, bro. I know. <laughs> and he All did. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. You know. At the he end of the day, and, and we talk about it even within the band. It's like my whole thing He's was trying like, to make it go again, but it's not going. It's like as long yeah. as my peers within yes. the notion nice. yeah jacob well that exactly <laughs> as long as i'm getting that energy from jake lilla and josh then it's like bro and it doesn't really even matter you know what i mean like at the and end that's the where day, it all starts that's yeah, where it all like, starts it's like you first and then your bandmates yeah, and then everything yeah. else after that dude it's just yeah. you put it out into the world and then that's that dude yes and, and, and it's already i mean we had trolls in the over. chat tonight bro probably talking shit about me dude like <laughs> literally you get you just gotta fucking block that shit out and you just find you you just gotta do it dude and you i know you did it dude well i know you did it dude. We'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see what the uh <laughs> no no no, no we won't see how do you feel then how do you feel <laughs> how do i feel yeah um, Give me the real deal. How do you feel about your execution on this album? You know, I mean, I, I will say first and foremost, I gave it 150%. I don't know if the guys That's it, would dude. contest that. That's I would, fucking oh, God, it, I dude. I always wouldn't contest that. Yes, they were you there. did. Absolutely. You and, did. And, and, so that's first fucking and foremost, that's, 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 that's the best I can do, right? Like, yes. I can only be as able as I can be. Of course, big learning curve to deal with, you know? And, and the thing about it is, is Lilla is so spot on in his interpretation of the nuances of his music as well as the things that we would collaborate on in the album you know be it riffs that we put together and stuff yeah we did we did collaborate already on some stuff that's writing stuff that that were being shared and but all of that being said it's like you know pretty steep hill to climb and obviously you know i mean look at the look at the roster of people that have come before me i mean it's tough because i still find myself listening to Christian's performances and being like, man, hmm, there's, like big, there's that yeah. magic, right? And I know that there's going to be a lot of people who are are going to be married to that always. And fuck them, then. If they've talked shit about you, I mean, I'm just you saying. Know. Yeah, I know you're going to fucking, you're going to out, you're going to 
you're the you're gonna show why you're in this band, dude. I know for a fact the album's done. So. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like and, and Vaughn, you're preaching to the choir, bro. I like yeah, Josh knows he, all about this dude, shit. Dude, like it, it, dude, I still see in like uh comments on YouTube videos like people asking who's the who, who's doing vocals now. <laughs> AJ still in the band. <laughs> yeah, is AJ still in the band? When's AJ coming oh back? Oh my god, oh yeah, <laughs> horrible. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's it's just, you know what it is, Anthony? It's just like at the end of the day, you give it 100% of yourself. And obviously, you know, we, I, it's as, look, it's as perfect as it could have possibly been. Right? That's the objective reality. Dude, the whole point of me, like, digging in on that a little bit is we've all felt that. All we're, This Brady Bunch that we got right now on the fucking pod and everybody <laughs> who's in the chat who does anything creative has all felt what you're talking about you know they they jump into something and they have to show all the 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 stuff that they got that they've they've earned throughout the years of grueling through whatever you know getting to that point and now you've finally got that point where you're gonna give that 150 percent that you were just talking about and now it's done it's over and it's a part of all these guys too. All we talked, we've talked to them in the past, and they've all done their whole thing, dude. We're all just like trying to be the best at what we're doing. I'll tell you what, too, man. I mean, the something that I have to say, just not only in reference to the guitar production, but the entire album process. And I know we all feel this way. I mean, Colin Marston, like he's like the fifth member of the band. You know what I mean? Like that guy, his commitment to excellence, his patience. His and that's the guy you would want to be at the helm. Oh man. I don't, know, right? I don't know if we'll ever do another album with anybody else. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's fucking awesome. Ah. Like, <laughs> Speaking he's, of, he's just so dialed in and he's so, even when we were mixing, I thought it was Colin speaking right now. Sick. I can't make it. Oh, After dude, all, long day recording, long day recording a band, so and then got wrapped up in other studio stuff. Got those guys on my undying satanic infernal hails. <laughs> Carlos Santana. There's only one infernal kind of hails. There's only one. <laughs> kind of hails. Wait, wait. I need, I need a little Santana. I need a. I need. Yeah, he said, uh, "Give those guys my undying satanic infernal hails." Carlos Santana. <laughs> Yeah, those are, those are all inside studio jokes. Like every morning, every morning we'd like walk, you know, everybody like still kind of half asleep, like, and then be like, hail Satan or whatever. And then yeah. it, it morphed into hail Santana and it just, you know. Dude, so you guys you guys posted a picture of him with uh or uh, Joseph. I don't know if, if we could pull this up quick, that would be rad as shit. But you guys posted your photo with him in his sunglasses. Oh, wait, okay. I gotta tell his, you, okay, Anthony, yeah. I gotta tell you the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, gotta tell, I gotta tell this one because this one is more applicable to me and Lilla's experience than even Josh and Jacob to a degree. Yeah, 100%. what happened was, and it was so <laughs> funny, man. Like we, we all went to the, the Metropolitan Museum of Art to do some, you know, like part recreational, but part research for some maybe concepts for the video that were did for the, one of the singles. And we're just, you know, Colin came with us, whatever. I guess he broke his glasses on the way back to the studio because, you know, New York's a crazy fucking place, whatever. Yeah. So anyways, he had these prescription sunglasses that he had to rock. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> and like you have to imagine, you know, guitars twelve days, like we're we're deep in it, right? Like yeah, yeah. two sides, like Lil and I like, yeah. and Colin is the entire time in the chair, right? In Thousand Caves, like wearing the shades. And he would turn to me in the most like tense, like some crazy tech thing with metrics, and like we're talking it over, and he turns to me, dead ass serious, trying to give me a, a piece of advice about something I could maybe do differently on the next take. And I would just burst out laughing because he just looked so dead ass. Yes. How rock yeah. and roll is that, dude? Yeah. Rock he doesn't rock and it's roll like, It seems cheesy, but he he, he just gives you like advice like he always would, but it like it gets colored by these fucking sunglasses. <laughs> we were just all you know, burst out like, laughing. Like the three dude. of us, right, Lila? You yeah. just had to laugh. <laughs> it was yeah. like two weeks, two weeks before he got his uh, prescription glasses yeah, back. And like day, a new pair. Every day, all day. For two weeks. The, the aviators, the warships, you know? My fucked up brain I immediately thought of, and I love you, Colin, you, have, you don't look like a corpse, but Gigi Allen dying and people oh. taking pictures around him and he's wearing sunglasses. Oh, I thought you were going to say Weekend at Bernie's, but yeah. The, the, that works the open, <laughs> Gigi, Gigi Allen's open casket funeral with the, where he's like in his underwear, but with a leather jacket and sunglasses on. And it's literally <laughs> just the sunglasses, Colin. I swear, dude. It's just you guys are surrounding this guy sitting in a chair with sunglasses <laughs> on. I just immediately... That was him. the vibe of the record. Though. <laughs> that, that, that was the vibe of the, of the session. Like, that's what he's like. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, no, dude, yeah. I, I would, I, it sounds like a great experience, dude. I'd love to uh, work with Colin in oh. some fashion with some recording. Yeah, yeah man, if, if, very if, much recommended. If anybody, yep. upon hearing this album, has anything positive to say about the guitar performance, I can't overstate enough the fact that like I put so much of that on working with Colin and what he did to the the guitar tone even before we recorded a note, just how it was recording with him and Lilla. And like, I mean, yeah, that dude's a godsend, man. I mean, I. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. There's, there's a reason Polarized. why his name is, is yeah. reverberating through yeah. the theme. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. Cause Colin's also just so familiar with defeated sanity's music and he knows what we're after. He's he knows the songs. The fucking underground dude. Exactly. He really yeah, fucking knows dude. And, yeah. and he intimately knew the songs like already. Cause he had heard yeah. like whatever demo material yeah, we like, had going in and stuff. You yeah, know, him and I he's always for a couple months yeah. before we, and he, and he was, Anytime, anytime in the history of the band, save for the very first tour, which was in 2008, but anytime after 2008, we went to New York. Every time we stayed at Collins, every time we rehearsed at Collins, and every single time he recorded the rehearsal and then mixed it on his own while we were on tour or back home and then sent us the mixes. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, stoked to work on our material and is really he he gets it you know he gets it and it makes things a lot easier in the studio when you don't have to explain as much yeah, yeah. We, all, we all talk about loving music but that dude like mainlines that shit how many <laughs> the most bands prolific is he in? person i've ever met yeah he, he, he didn't music. Yes. What, what is, i want to know what colin does that has nothing to do with music <laughs> It, drink, drink matcha. Drink matcha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and smoke weed. Yeah. Smoke weed every day. What's, what's fucking, how, how's the guy's name? 
And Breen movies, Neil Breen. Neil Breen. Because um, <laughs> even when he watches movies, there's music in the movies, you guys. I was going to say that smoking weed okay. also is related to music. Colin's you know? probably thinking about the soundtrack of the movie more than he is watching the movie. You know what I'm saying? Oh, there's no, so there's no soundtrack in that movie that we're talking about, though. That's like... Oh, okay. <laughs> that, it's the most... No. Uh, That's probably why he loves it. There's no music. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's special. It's a special movie. That's right. Wait, wait <laughs> say it again because I probably talked over it's, it. I'm it's called actor. Fateful Findings by Neil Breen. Mm. You know, it it's in a category. It's in a category of trash movies, movies that are so ridiculously amateurish that they're like pure gold. Yeah, like everybody knows the room, like the room exactly. So it's just another one of yeah. those, and and we watched it, and you know, it's like it's yeah. it's amazing. Fateful Findings. Neil Breen is the Director, lead actor, everything. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's great. I love it, dude. Yeah. That, that, uh, dude, anti-comedy or dark... There's so many different uh, facets of film that most people don't just go down a little rabbit hole, dude, and experience it. Even if you feel uncomfortable, just get mm -hmm. through it. What did I... I just got... Uh, that shield definitely feels uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm, I'm let, what, let me pull it up real quick. I'm, I'm trying to do it as fast as I can. What am I watching right now? Vernon, Florida, in 1981. It's a documentary from Vernon, Florida, and it's literally just a bunch of people that are so. Uh, it, right now, I'm halfway through it. I'm. I don't even fully know what it's about, other than a few dudes from Vernon, Florida, in 19. One's a turkey hunter. One's a uh, dude who sits on a bench and really doesn't have much like other than confusing to say. It's like these people that are in this small town in Florida and this dude just went there and shot them. And there's this like such small town weirdness that's happening now that hmm. I'm. It's like it's it's like these people are in a different reality almost. Different universe, like, yeah, like a Trailer Park Boys kind of. Well, no, even it's, more not, candid. it's not funny. It's like these are real people. It's a documentary, yeah. and it's they're just in this rural, like small town, Florida, and you come to realize that it's just these guys that live in these separate realities, all in this small town that's outside of our reality. Mm. It's not like super deep like that, but this is just me getting into that like that. But it's kind of shot like Lynchian, Jodorowsky kind of esque mm. in a way. Interesting. I don't know. I'm just getting mm. you know. It's it's not as interesting as I'm trying to pitch it right now. But I've had <laughs> you're a doing a good job. And <laughs> okay. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't even know what I'm saying, actually. So we just need to move <laughs> on from me talking about this All right. documentary. All um, right. Joseph wants to wrap it up. I see it. I feel like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a good, 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 good night. Um, yeah. It's been a lot of fun with you guys. And I'm really, really stoked that you guys all made it. It's been a while since we had a full band come on. Um, you gave us a lot of just what I wanted to hear. Um and man, I was, I'm thinking back to the first time I had you on. I was really nervous, and uh, I, uh, I've actually second guessed my entire like interview, if you can call it that, 
uh, I'm just glad that you guys came back and that this podcast is still going and that, um, I don't know, we had like, you know, a lot of people watching. It's cool that everyone's hanging out. And I think everyone yeah, was really dude. excited that you guys Amazing. came on to do this with us. So Amazing. Totally. To that. I mean, I had fun the first time and we've kind of been, you know, somewhat in touch throughout the time. It's almost been three years. That's what's crazy, dude. Yeah. 11 to 168. Boom. Yeah. We're still here. We're still talking about fucking death metal. We're still loving it. We're still loving you guys, you know, and we're still loving it. That cares about us talking about this every week. You know? So I just want to run through a couple things. Josh, are you uh, offering uh freelancey type, you know, mixing, mastering any, any uh, audio stuff for clients right now? Of course. A anybody who wants mixing, mastering can always come my way. I'm trying to work with more brutal bands. Um, so, yeah, sit me up. Facebook Messenger, whatever. I uh, saw you did the uh, yeah. Embodied Torment uh, mm -hmm. recent. Yeah, just just came out two days yeah. ago. Yeah, um, yeah remixed that. Um, yeah, the Brodican album that's coming out. I mixed that one. Um, handful of other small things and a few projects coming up that I can't mention at the moment but fuck i just realized that i had some like uh, hiking and crazy places fucking questions for you dude and we're at the end <laughs> dude oh, there's always more dude. time those places aren't going anywhere i just remembered you're all crazy with that dude and i want to know what that's about the weakening, dude. yeah we'll do it yeah. we'll do a sasquatch episode but yeah jacob's into all that right. stuff too well, we ought to just have Josh on some week. Just we you didn't mean to do a solo. It. I, I, I want to go through the snow and see what it's like to not die out there, dude. All right. <laughs> not dying's fun. Path of the week uh, in this part. Yeah. 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 Sure. Uh, Lily, we've had uh, we've had uh, people ask about ask us about what's going on with ingurgitating oblivion. I don't actually know your relationship with that project Wait, currently. So no, this is all stuff. Fuck, man. Let's just keep talking, dude. We're almost. We got forty <laughs> minutes left, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, we start talking about new shit. You just said brought up two. I brought up one thing. You brought the other thing that I would want to talk to both these guys about. What are we I doing mean, here? Don't make me excited right now. I just. <laughs> Yeah, well, I can just. This is the time. I'm just I can just tell you. All right, uh, all right, we're chilling. We're I've recorded drums and I've recorded drums in 2021, and these guys are uh, putting tons of layers on top of them, and taking them off again, mixing it, sending it, remixing it, and I think I. Th they told me now they 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 found the perfect mix. Like they mixed it. A, at least three times and um it's a humongous fucking project that has like female vocals a flute a, a xylophone marimba phone I, I i don't know what they like yeah. piano and like that has so much shit and piano strings and like effects and bells and so it's like extremely exhaustive project Right. So yeah, they they mixed it a, a bunch of times, and now I think they feel they've they've reached the end. So that that's what I can tell you about engurgiting oblivion. Yeah, um, we, we actually approached them to come on the show because we've been fans for 
years and um oh i'm sure they they'd be up for it oh you know, definitely we, we did a back and forth but we kind of wanted to wait until this thing was really tied all together yeah. before we do that and that we would love to have you pop on you know when we finally yeah do. maybe so um final, we lost yeah. kc huh in the process we yeah he's he, uh, he's got to get up early for work yeah he's not a late night okay guy. okay oh uh, shit yeah i, I feel night, i feel KC. that <laughs> yeah that's funny um, we lost him if you watch the episode you'll you'll see i don't expect you to watch the whole giggle, thing giggle, but we mark. can send you the timestamps where he's a little sleepy <laughs> he, and he's on screen. Um, love you casey i'm still i got a couple more signing off thoughts you guys are playing turkey this year with cenotaph yeah dude mm -hmm. you guys still yeah. to go is that your first shows yeah. out there have you been there no yeah, we've, we've been, been there, there once only once and only one show last time was a single show in in uh ankara mm -hmm. and uh this time it's gonna be yeah. ankara istanbul and um izmir and what's even more exciting than that is that these three shows are kicking off a longer tour which is not yet announced um but i guess it will be announced very very soon and we're going all kinds of places we're going south to like the south cape of a large continent below europe and then we're going to the middle east and we're flying east from there World and tour, uh, going into some World certain tour. communist countries and other technologically very advanced countries and <laughs> countries some, that, some very countries, some very countries unadvanced countries waging yeah, wars unadvanced countries, yeah. yeah oh shit yeah it's gonna be gonna be a whirlwind of a year That's some a countries that haven't ride, figured out right? what a toilet is yet <laughs> well i mean that's cool that uh um, that's not the caveman riffs for that that's it's gonna be great side. it's gonna be great i'm down with the fact that it's burrowing into those little holes and getting out to the world in those little crevices that we are death metal still penetrating and going further outward and it will mm -hmm. find it, it's its way to the people that want to discover yeah. it dude. yeah and i love it there'll be yeah. there'll be a couple there'll be a couple firsts on this tour like at least two countries that we haven't been to one of them again is like a continent we haven't been to the other one is basically a subcontinent we yeah haven't we, been to. We, we're completing um, the continent quest yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be the final <laughs> continent the final continent and um well yes uh, not nope Nah, there's one other continent that we will and never Arctica probably count. And Arctica yeah. doesn't count. It's going to be Metallica yeah. and Defeated Sanity. Are exactly. The only, yeah. That would yeah. be sick. We've already seen Cryptopsy made it into Saudi Arabia, right? Oh, oh yeah. Saudi yeah. Arabia. That, that actually happens? I was yeah. actually, we were thinking, or, or like our tour booker was thinking about Saudi Arabia some time ago. I was not thinking about that, my friend. Well, he was. I'm, it wasn't on the table anymore. I'm not sure why it's not on the table anymore. But before Cryptopsy went, it was on the table. Now it's not anymore. So uh, maybe that will forever be a dream. Yeah, dude. Well, I was just. I, I don't know. I, I don't want it to turn into a nightmare. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I just. Uh, I was just rooting for Cryptopsy to get in there before Metallica, dude. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Saudi Arabia is pretty like if you play, uh, you know, I mean, Riyadh uh, is the you know the only only real city you can play there. I mean, it's strict. You know, you 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 have to yeah. follow their rules and shit. But other than that, it's not unsafe. I mean, my my brother yeah. was there for like a six week period to shoot a movie once, and he was telling me of there was no no trouble or sketchiness whatsoever. You just yeah, I gotta be careful not to, you know, um, drink, obviously, especially in public or things like that, right? Like yeah. certain, you know, or rules that you just need to know. <laughs> yeah, or exactly. I mean, there's anyway, patriarchy it's, perverse. Patriarchy yeah. perverse down there for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> nice <laughs> for the heads, dude. Nice. <laughs> but uh, oh, it's also worth mentioning. Uh, kind of on the same topic of uh, shows is that we have the one exclusive U.S. show this year at uh, Maryland Death Fest. Sick. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Very sick. Got, got to promote that, will be that our one only, too, you know. Our only U.S. No show, doubt, only dude. North American show this year. Yeah. And I think it's, yep. a, it's a headlining set too, or I think we're playing a full set if I'm not mistaken. Right? I hope so. I haven't, yeah. heard the, I haven't heard the time start yet, but I not think sure. so. Either way, dude. Cool. MDF is a fun experience and Defeated Sanity playing a fucking decent long set is always a plus, dude. Well, we'll be ready to rock either way. Lord knows. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, yeah. dude. Sure yeah. hope so. If we play one song or ten songs, we'll see. We'll play. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is I I feel like it's I'm not gonna be able to say this without with the same amount of like interest to it. Um The Last of Lucy were actually offered a little cenotaph tour run uh leading okay. to maryland death fest uh i think also milwaukee metal fest i forget exactly uh um, very nice and we we couldn't do it uh it's just like seven east coast shows we're like we're not gonna be able to afford getting out there and yeah without, you gotta get there but um and it's kind of wild we're like you know technical death metal with math core like cenotaph is pretty you know classically yeah. brutal death so i was like hell i'm fucking down everyone knows i like mm -hmm. the, the heavy stuff but it would have been weird i would have been super down to see how audiences react and it would have been really fun to hang with those guys but it probably you guys, less weird sure. than yeah. you think yeah but i mean shout out they've been going for what 25 years plus now yeah. like really yeah, dude. more yeah. Now too, with Matisse guys. yeah he's got a yeah. Atsu's got a killer. Those dude, Matisse is a shredder, dude. That cat. Oh geez. Yeah. 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 Can't wait. Can't wait to play with them again. Honestly, like last time and we played they, in Turkey was with them, yeah. and yeah. it's only like consequential that we're playing with them again in Turkey, and it's gonna be all three shows centered on us, and um, oh, yeah, yeah, just predisposition to do it with them if we're playing in Turkey. It, it couldn't be any better. Yeah. yeah. Totally. That's so cool, dude. I love hearing all these names. Like Cenotaph was a band that I came across so long ago too, and I just love that all these bands that were active around the time I was, even though we took a break and blah blah blah, they're everybody's coming back and doing the thing again, dude. Yeah, Everybody still has a love for it, dude. Sick, you know, Gazo. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Everybody's mm -hmm. not only coming back but contributing more elements to the scene that everybody's feeding off of and fucking doing, you know, whatever they want with it. And it's, just, I love it, dude. Yeah. Getting this um, absolutely. Gasm is is fast as fuck, 
dude. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Killer. Yeah. Mad Dog oh, yeah. Maddie K. Shout out to Mad Dog Maddie, Maddie K. K. Love you, yeah, <laughs> we gotta get Gasm back on too. We finally got you guys as the part too. We gotta do a full uh, Gasm. We got uh, Damien and fuck yeah, yeah. We gotta do it again, dude. I, Damien's That's a great dope. dude. Dude, Damien oh, is the yeah. fucking yeah. That dude is a fucking caricature of BDM. Dude, he's a like, a, isn't that funny though? He's just like a a dog lover that he like rescues dogs and yeah, he's, he's a, a hero. You know, he's, he's a hero. Dude, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Lesky's an icon, dude. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I love it, um, dude. and I love this scene, dude. And that's why we talk about this shit every week, and we've done 168 episodes. <laughs> and speaking of bands still doing it or comebacks, um. You know, Retromorphosis is just Spawn of Possession with Casey on drums. And- yeah, I wanted to ask Casey mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. that before we started nodding off. I was going to kind of like try to try to just What's- divert just, you know, get, a, get a taste uh, of what he was cooking so, there. So I went to watch the Super Bowl at Casey's house this year, and he threw that on instead of the uh, halftime Guys. show. So my, my halftime yeah. show was listening to the Retromorphosis album. Hell yeah. How is and it? Nice. Guys. All right. First, wait, Anthony, are you going to... No, gonna... you go for it. You go for it. Okay. Um, I think it's the album that should have come as their third record instead of Incurso. Mm. It, it thematically is closer to Cabinet than any of their other two. Nice. Co-ranks. That's what I like to hear. That's it's my favorite old, song, man. old school first. and dark. Um, yeah. and, and I feel like with Incurso, you get the Christian Wesner kind of like doesn't quite mesh and on this record it's amazing christian leads all over it and they mesh mm-hmm. perfectly oh, into the sound it just took oh, like christians on the two then wow yep yep I, I think that's that's public information already it's yeah it's, uh, it's the impersonal like lineup this. with uh casey okay it's Hell basically yeah. Yeah, yeah. a lineup with casey on drums dude so, yeah sickening and yeah we're not don't want to divulge anything because Casey isn't here, so I don't know what he wants us to say or not. But guys, that's all I gotta say, guys. Fuck yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, they're they're really back. Yeah, it's it's it's, really cool. it's refreshing uh, take on that group of musicians for sure. Yeah, and nice Casey in there, and ha- you you notice Casey Howard's there, guys, and. <laughs> It's uh yeah I was so, I was yeah I'm stoked I'm stoked about I, it I love I love yeah. Cabinet yep. I I grew I grew up with that shit you know Cabinet was out hit me hit my nerve right when I was like looking for the most technical shit that album came out so um yeah and I love Casey's drumming of course so I'm yeah all it, it. it's uh um it's yeah I and I'm not just saying because it it's my bro Casey dude it's it's a, a super group that definitely needed to come together and you guys are just gonna see how that happened you know or or not oh, yeah. how it happened but you're gonna see what comes out of that collision of musicians you know yeah hell yeah yeah all right all right musician yeah let's call it guys dude we've okay. we're all weird times at, at it's already I'm gonna I'm on three hours of sleep today, <laughs> by the way. Anything for the music, huh? Yeah. But I loved it and I rallied and I totally um don't regret it. You guys are all great people, dude, for sure. And you're always welcome back on this shit. Like thank no you, doubt. man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. 
we'll Let's be back sure. when the album when, drops. When the album's out, yeah, exactly. We'll be oh, back. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I got one more picture here from Berlin. Uh, oh nice. Oh neat. Oh, nice. and then Mari. Yeah, and Alex and Mari. And uh, Tamana, my I know wife. Half the people. This is yes. actually, I think, the first time she's appeared on the pod. There she is. And the rest nice. of that table is Hi, her. Tamana. Yeah, that's her friends. So this was like a crossover, like her friends and my friends hanging out. That's in rad, Berlin. dude. It was one of oh, the cool. sickest nights we've ever had. Lily, that was that just amazing. really fucking amazing. Yeah, it was a cool like Yeah, that was that was a really cool night. Loved oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I love and, that. And shout out, Mari. Yep. Cool. I love that this all this stuff is happening, guys. This is so exciting, and it just makes me. I'm feeling so much love, international <laughs> love. Hi, dude. I miss your Cali I mean, vibes, bro. Miss <laughs> your Cali vibes, bro. Come out to Jacob's San Diego, throwing hearts at me all night, dude. I'm just feeling it, dude. All right, cool. I'm gonna run this uh, video here to finish this off. So all right, cheers, oh, yeah, guys. Love you guys. Dude. Cheers. Okay, See you next week, guys. Thanks Always a pleasure. Us, boys. Let's